0: Disclaimer, we are two regular guys who love to talk Bone Thugs and Harmony. We do not represent Bone Thugs or any Bone affiliate. We are also not Bone Thugs experts. The views and information you hear in this podcast may be based on personal opinion. Please feel free to leave corrections and clarifying information in the comments. And enjoy. Straight off the motherfucking internet. Two true hosts talking about the double Glock. Cecil. Johnny. Kick that shit, Phoenix.
1: Beyond the harmony for the fans, we celebrate. <laughs> and I'm putting the video every Thursday, so join us.
0: What's up, y'all? Once again, it's your boys from Beyond the Harmony. I am Cecil West with, of course,
2: Chika 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 John Lippe!
0: And this is your weekly Thug Thursday. Tonight we got what I would say is a very instrumental piece of the fucking story. See what I did there, John. Tonight we got, of course, Archie from Two True and Mo Thugs. Uh, I think we're going to uncover some some huge information tonight. Yeah, and this is
2: another one where you just don't know what we may discover. But it's going to be something new. And I'm sure it's going to lead to some new rabbit holes, new breadcrumbs, new leads.
0: I, I think what's going to make tonight interesting is just... The amount of time that that Archie, you know, covers here. I mean, he he's literally prefaces a death with these guys, um, you know, right up to I mean, at least family scriptures, which you know is is uh, or a family reunion rather, which is you know peak time for Bone Thugs. So this this guy covers a lot of a lot of fucking ground. Yeah, and he definitely
2: fits the. The motto or the mold, the theme of our show, Faces of Death, uh, uncovering all those tracks. And he is certainly a key member of the Faces of Death era. And um, it's going to be neat to to uncover some of those old stories, backstories, the stories we didn't know. Find out, see what we see. Yeah.
0: Yep. So we're going to do that here in a little bit. He'll be calling in. But before he calls in, we're going to do what we always do. A little bit of warm-up time. A little bit of just... Bone Thug discussion. What do you got, John? What do you want to talk about?
2: Well, I mean, you had a lot of a lot more giveaways. It seems this week, right? Did those happen? And and we had a a, a rehash on the Faces of Death winner. So one guy yeah. didn't claim it. Did anybody claim this new one?
0: Yeah, I you know I don't know when people actually hear this recording. We're recording it as of June fifth. Um, but yeah, so we fucking gave away Faces of Death. Nobody claimed it. I picked another winner. So far, he hasn't claimed it, and I'll tell you, just so you guys know, not only do you know do we put up the video, we you know we do all that, um, but I also go back to the original comment, you know, the one that that they won, and and I make sure to reply to that, you know, hoping that they get an alert saying that I replied to their comment. So it's it's crazy. Uh, so far, no motherfucking winner. Hopefully, hey, hopefully this is you know by the time you guys are hearing this, this is on, you know, a delay, and and we'll have a fucking winner by then. But as of right now, June fifth, this recording, we've picked twice. No faces of death winner. It's crazy. Nobody wants to claim faces of death. <laughs> wow. Well. Yeah. It's this, this be
2: funny if this keeps happening. I mean, it won't be, but it will be, but it won't be. But we'll see how this plays
0: out. It, well, it, hey, it, eventually eventually you're going to land on, we, we got, you know, it's funny because the people that won, I mean, I, I haven't really seen comments from them before. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not saying they hadn't commented before, but they're just not somebody that I see on the regular. So, you know, hopefully if I have to redraw this motherfucker a third time, it's going to land on one of you know, the old faithful regulars that we have.
2: Yeah, i seen a bunch of people in the comments really want it. And this also goes to show, make sure you're commenting on the videos. Give yourself a chance to win. We don't know what video is going to be the video that is the pool of choices. So give yourself yeah. the best opportunity and uh, check out all the videos.
0: Yep, yep. So we'll be doing a giveaway this month. We're a few days in. I haven't announced it. I will be announcing it. Probably by the time you hear this, it'll be announced. So... We'll be doing some more giveaways. I, you know, I love giving the stuff away, man. It's it's a good feeling, um, and I and I like you know I like finding the stuff to give away too. It's it's cool to just find the the different shit. And we got a cool Instagram giveaway right now that's going till the twenty second of June. Uh, so if if you have Instagram, it's exclusive to Instagram. Uh, Cody Hillier, who who made the artwork for the brand new Best of Mo Thugs. Uh, he is gonna he's he's working with us on the giveaway. He made a one of a kind best of mothugs poster. Uh, I believe it's twelve by fourteen. Um, one of one with the Beyond the Harmony logo on it. So on on this fucking best of mothugs poster, um, Beyond the Harmony, and it's signed by you know, by Cody who made it, and then he's also tossing in a copy of the C D. All you gotta do is, is go to Beyond the Harmony on Instagram, and follow us, follow Cody, and comment on the picture, and, and you're in. And uh, we're going to pick somebody on the 22nd for that one. It's pretty awesome.
2: There's, there's a piece of news I had. It's not really news, but something I had wanted to bring up on these pregames uh, the past couple episodes I haven't had the opportunity, and that's just to announce that the Cleveland Browns have been selected to be on HBO Hard Knocks. And a lot of people are like, so what? Just because it's Cleveland? Well, yeah. Because it is Cleveland. Because right now the Cleveland Cavaliers are in the finals. And I saw that Bone was, I guess, making a song for the finals, possibly. I saw some kind of... and, And Bone was attending the games, I guess, at least, right? So you get the chance that if you're watching the finals, they may show celebrities in the crowd. You might get a shot at seeing Bone in the crowd. But with the Cleveland Browns, they need audio to fill all those episodes. So hopefully Bone will get a nod to... At least have a cameo, maybe oh, their musical yeah. be featured. And that's just I what I'm
0: hoping on. They've repped the the Browns for years, so I hope the fucking I hope Bone is the fucking soundtrack for the enti- the entire fucking what is it? It's a season, right? They do a season of it?
2: It's yeah, well it's done during the preseason. So it, it tracks yeah. the training camp process and who makes but, the but, team but I'm and who saying, gets cut.
0: But I'm saying on like television like the 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 it's a whole season of the Cleveland Browns, right? Like television wise, it's not just one episode; it's multiple episodes.
2: Oh yeah, it's multiple episodes, yeah. and, and yeah. they air during the preseason, is what
0: I'm saying. And it
2: tracks the yeah. preseason, so it's always like one week behind. So it, it you'll see one week, like week one, it's all the training up to it, and then and then they show the episode, but it's always like one week behind, obviously. Because they can't show it live. They have to edit it. But it's a pretty yeah. cool thing for Cleveland to have HBO come to town. And I know from seeing other media events that when the media comes to town, and HBO is not the media, but they are a, a movie company or, you know, they're a, 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 they make movies and TV shows. And when those kind of things come to town, people network and they get to see the city and that more projects may come out of it and maybe even some music videos. So, people network when these events happen. I've seen it happen plenty of times. So, this could be a big thing for Cleveland and for possibly Bone Thugs and Harmony. Maybe Moat Thugs. Who knows?
0: Hey, I I fucking, uh, hopefully, like I said, I'll be pumped to whole Soundtrack of Bone. Maybe maybe they throw a little bit MGK in there or something. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Give me some Bone. Give me, give me some bone during that hard knocks. HBO hard knocks. That'll be cool. I, I'll, I'll check that shit out. I, you know, when I watch. Yeah, TV. I'd
2: say that if any of the fans have any connections to HBO, or whatever, uh, let them know that you guys like Bone and that maybe suggest to them, hey, put Bone in, in the music there somewhere. They got to give a shout out to Bone at least once. So, we'll see.
0: Before, and and you know what, I guess I should ask Archie this tonight. But do you know, at the beginning of Thug Devotion, you know when they're they're listing off all the Mo thugs and they and they list everybody in the song and they list a a few that are not in the song, they also list Aftermath, yeah. Who 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 I believe you know did, is is who um, he they did songs or he did songs with Flesh, yeah yeah yeah, and and I think you know he's he's Fleshbone Global and all that. I wonder if he was supposed to be a Mothug at one point. Like, I mean, because it just seems they wouldn't just be giving a random fucking shout-out with that whole list of their artists.
2: Yeah, and he's listed before 2 True and Trey. Uh, Aftermath yeah. to True and Trey, we are both Thug. Yeah, and it, he didn't even have an appearance on, at least I don't think he was on the Mothug Family Scriptures.
0: Did yeah, you? no.
2: No, he's not on not, it.
0: Not to my knowledge.
2: So, it, so maybe that was a cut track, and maybe those cut tracks are what wound up on uh, from Cleveland to Cali. I mean, was that the mixtape that he was on
0: or was he on an actual flesh? Yeah. Album? I think, I think, uh, he's, he's on one of the actual flesh albums.
2: Yeah. And was blue note, you know, speaking of aftermath was blue note, a band, a group
0: or blue oh, light. That. Did I say blue note? I meant, I meant to say blue light. It was a singer, right? Did the song with busy bone. I think it was, was it, was it more than one guy? I thought it was one guy.
2: Well, well on the course to handle the vibe. Um, Pedal to the metal, we see blue light. Is that what he's saying? And we see blue light? I think he says blue light. And I think that was like a shout out to another one of the... I, I could be wrong, but I always I, I think thought...
0: That, I, I think they're saying pedal to the metal, we see the cops. We see the cops? Huh. Yeah, man, like, all these you know, years. blue lights. Like, you oh, know, blue lights. Blue light. Like, pedal to the metal, <laughs> we see blue lights.
2: That makes total sense, man. Yeah, I've been looking for a group called blue <laughs> Blue
0: lights for <laughs> so many years. But, th- th- but there, that makes There is... Blue, blue and there red is, lights. Th- there is a fucking... Uh, so the the well, busybone had a song with somebody named Blue Light or some shit like that.
2: I and I could have sworn I seen. You remember how back in the day you'd always advertise your other acts. I could have sworn I saw that there was I don't know if it was on Ruthless or somewhere that there was some group called either Blue Note or Blue Light or something. Well, but it, Blue it Light
0: came out. was was on the the song Weed Man. You know Busybone Weed Man. Ah, that's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. So Blue okay. Light's on that. And
2: that must have been. That must have been them. Must have been them. And
0: s- speaking of, I, I, I fucking lo- <laughs> love what you thought about handle the vibe though. <laughs>
2: well, you know what's funny too is um, speaking of misinterpreting names or uh, misinterpreting lyrics. A while back on the BTNH board, I remember somebody asked what they thought Crazy Bones' opening line was on Crossroads, and a whole bunch of people offered what they thought he was saying, like after "Follow Me, Roll, and I said, yeah, I was making a joke, but I said, I always thought he was saying that the weather was going to be seven degrees in Cleveland. The weather was telling me seven. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so I thought he was like, hey, let's go to the cemetery where the people are long gone and they rest. But he was also advising that you should accompany him on this journey. And if you do, you should bring a jacket due to the seven degree weather, chill factor.
0: But yeah. Just so- just so you know, I see Blue Light was also on the uh, Set It Off soundtrack. A track called oh, really? "Sex Is On My Mind." So I don't know if so it's I'm the same Blue Light that was with Busy Bone, but worth checking out if you if you want to hear more Blue Light, John.
2: Yeah, I'm putting I'm writing the note right now. "Sex Is On My Mind" by Blue Light. Yeah, I've been waiting for Blue Light. I think I think I was waiting for any artist that came out that was advertised by Bone, and we never got Aftermath. We got a lot of the other ones. You know, whatever happened to Majesty anyway? Was he in a group? Did Majesty ever join a group? I think I saw he was in some group, Ma- right?
0: Ma- Majesty, you know, was seventh sign, and I I think if I don't remember, but I I thought I saw on a board or something that he's kind of out of music and and successful with, you know, something like real estate or stocks or there there was something that he he got out and started doing. Um, if, if anybody knows the answer you know drop it below I've tried to find Majesty a couple times I, I would love to interview him I think he's probably got a really interesting story and Majesty was like I thought Majesty was fucking dope bro yeah and, and you know Ma- Majesty and, and I don't mean like they rap the same but I would say like Majesty was like Seven Signs fucking Soldier Boy yeah I, lo- I love
2: that line have you ever danced with the devil and the pale moonlight. I have just the way it was phrased was funny. He was good, and I wasn't like too much into like East Coast ish kind of rapping. I'm not saying he was East Coast, but it, it it didn't really fit the Bone sound, but it worked on the couple tracks that he was on. So I did like Majesty as well. And yeah, it, it,
0: it, his sound, you know, his, his sound, even though it was like different than Bone, like when when you listen to him on like Art of War, it it went really nicely. And and he it, had fucking two Art of War features.
2: Yeah, and I remember at first too I was like, mm, I wasn't I was like what the heck and then as I got older I was like, wow, this was actually a real good move. This makes total sense on uh I think it's called The Wars On Track 6 I think he was on on Art of War. And then obviously on the track with Busy. But yeah. And they were a good contrast too on that. Majesty Busy track just the different sounds of the voices kind of blended well together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, now, no, I he he did he he had a good sound like i think um you know and and i have no fucking idea but i mean i think that he just probably started to bow out as the seventh sign thing and and that's something that once once we dig through all the mothug stuff and all the bone enterprise stuff you know we're we're going to make our way you see that we once in a while stab into the other parts of the story we'll we'll grab somebody from the life like shutter boy or you know so or, or we stab into the artwork But the main focus right now is is uncovering things about, you know, faces of death and the Mothug era. Uh, And with that being said, I I believe we have Archie in here. Let me unmute here. Archie, you with us? Yeah, you hear us, Archie? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on the show with us. We appreciate you calling in. Oh, we're good, man. We were, we were talking just a, a little bit. We were actually just talking about uh, Faces of Death and, and Mo Thugs when, when you called in. So you, you called in at, a, at great timing, man. Uh, it, it actually lets us lead right in. Uh, before I do that, everybody that calls in from Cleveland at this time, I, I like to ask, the city must be in a, in a in a uproar. The Cavs once again in the finals. I know that does great things for your city. Uh, it, it must be wild there right now.
3: Oh yeah, it's going down down here, man. Cleveland Cavs doing yeah. their thing. Indians doing their thing. You know, we just ain't got shit going on with the Cleveland Browns, but you know,
0: can't have we, everything, we were, right? Well, we were just talking about the the Cleveland Browns actually just got selected for uh, HBO Hard Knocks. Uh, so you know the the there'll be a whole season of hard knocks with the Cleveland Browns. So they're they're doing a little bit.
3: Yeah, I saw that. Hopefully, we make gonna improve our uh, our
0: record a little bit. Yeah, we we actually said that too. We we hope that that's the you know that that uh, that Cleveland sound makes up the soundtrack. Uh, now, Archie, Cleveland, born and raised the whole life. Is that right? Yeah, born and raised Cleveland, man. Ain't never been nowhere but Cleveland. Born and raised Cleveland, and and is that how you went about getting connected with like Bone? I, I know a lot of the Mothugs said, you know, hey, we grew up with him, we went to school with him. Uh, how how did you end up making that connection? Actually, I met Bone through Kermit, his guy named Kermit
3: and K Chill. Okay. They, 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 yeah, they were the ones who turned me on to Bone. I wow, mean, okay. we just we, we formed our own relationship, but
0: basically that's how we got that's how I met him, to Bone, to K. Chill, and Kermit. So if you okay, so if you met Bone through K. Chill and Kermit, were were you doing work with like Stony Burke and Jamit and and you know those companies? Is that is that kind of how that connection got made? Were you working with them over there?
3: No, well, actually, I was doing my own thing. I had my, I had a company called Day Coalition. I had, like, all the little local artists, you know, doing, doing music for, all, like, all the little local artists that was trying to come out. they come to me for beats. And basically, that's how, you know, I met bone because Kermit turned me on to them because they be just done. Uh, so, you know, we used to hook up, you know, smoke with them and sit in, you know, just make some minute.
4: So let me ask you then, you know, be, before we move forward into the Bone piece, um, you know, you said you were you, you were doing your thing, but you, you met with K-Chill and, and Kermit. That's how you got the Bone uh, connection. What got you started, you know, I guess, making music, recording, producing? I mean, what, what got that started for you to start, you know, just out the gate that made you interested in even doing that?
0: What got me started? Yeah, what got you started in you know just the production and the and the music game to to bring you to this place? I mean, I you know when I talk to other mo thugs that you know they'll they'll tell me a story like, um, hey, you know I had family that might have been involved with like uh, the church, so I played you know the piano there. Or what what was it that got Archie in the music game? Man, I, had, I used to feel, so no, I used to, you know
3: I been pushing a little weed. So I made a guy. Man, this is back in the eighties. I met a guy who um, who did music. He was a local rapper, and at the time, man, when I was coming up, it was one of those certain things that you know, motherfuckers going to the studio doing music. So when I met this guy, you know, he, you know, he showed me his cassette. His name was Marvin Marvin Willard, voice of Doom, and he uh, took me to the studio. there when I went to the studio, I'm like, damn, they actually do this. You know, I thought going to did this. So, you know, I got to messing around with him for a minute. And then he sold me a turntable and a little drumming later beat machine. And that's how I started making music. I was already a DJ. So I started, right. you know, I started making little beats off this little drum machine and mixing it with records. And, I, and then that's how I started making music. And then I got a little keyboard and started 3 fingering all my music. <laughs> and, you know. Just started making music, and then I started thinking that he's to rap, you know. And he he started rapping on my beats, and I was that was
0: the beginning of me making music. That's dope, man. So, okay, so let me well now now that we establish where you know you you setting up. You said Kermit, K Chill, um, you're you're working with Bone. Were were you, you know, working with them the whole time they were doing Faces of Death, or did you kind of come into that, you know, partway through? What what was the situation with setting up that Faces of Death project?
3: Yeah, I was in the beginning of
0: Faces of Death. came to me with
3: uh, a proposition. Matter of fact, he had got me to quit my job, when I had a good job. He told me that if I produce these guys, I'd make like $200,000 a year. Wow. You know, so I was like, you know, all right, you know, I'm looking to it. You know, so I met Lazy Bone and Jump and you know, we started kicking it, and then that's when Garmin had got a little a little budget. It was like I think it was a thousand dollar budget or something, and he went into the studio and we did faces attempt. I didn't I didn't really care for it because I didn't think that the music quality was real. You know, the way it's supposed to have been. But, you know, that's what, you know, that's what Kermit wanted to do. You know what I'm
0: saying? Right. Now, I've I've heard uh, over the years and, and if you'll be we it did confirmed. it for free. It, it, it was a free project. It
3: wasn't like somebody got paid for it or nothing like that. You know, we just all, you know, we just did a project.
0: You know, that was back yeah. in the early 90s. That was like 91, 92. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, because it got released in 93, so it makes sense you guys would have been working on it like 91, 92, depending on, you know, how long. Um, I I, I I heard, I don't think think none of us had a clue that
3: it was going to turn into what it turned into. I I know we didn't, but it
0: ended up there it did, (laughs) so. Yeah. Yeah, Let me ask, I've heard stories that, you know, you had like a recording set up in your basement. Pe- people recorded in your basement. Is that, is that right? Yeah, everybody said
3: it's the face. That's that's what we do. It was on 105.
0: It's on the, floor of the Bar, right around corner from Mighty Were there any uh, ar- around the Bone Enterprise time, the Faces of Death time? Were there any songs that got recorded in your basement that you know didn't make it on that record that, that they recorded like with you and not with the studio?
3: Yeah, we recorded a lot of stuff, man. We recorded like, man, I think it was like, if it wasn't, there was like 25, 50 songs we recorded down in the basement. Wow. Man, we recorded, we, 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 we used to record every day. Wow. Weird. You know, they'd come to my house, my wife would cook dinner, you know, and we, we, we'd we go in the basement and we'd record for 24 hours a day sometimes. You
0: know, we'd be down every day to night. Holy shit. Wow, so that's, that's there was a lot of bone you know from that time that got recorded that like the general public hasn't heard, oh yeah, there's a lot of music My phone to
3: record and i they would record junkies. you ever heard of record junkie yeah. yeah, they would record junkies. they used to that's what they wanted to do they wanted to be in the studio, you know what I mean, yeah, when they you know, when they went in the studio, they were in the street, so. Most of the time, they wanted to be in the studio to be out through the streets. You know what I'm saying?
0: No. What was the reception like in Cleveland for an album like Faces of Death back in 93 when that got released? Man, they... You know, and this is honest the true. Honest and honest and true. They,
3: Cleveland wasn't still Faces Death. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they got an a award for having the worst album. But wow. it was because... It was because they didn't, you know, first of all, the, the production, the music, what, to me, quality music, you know what I'm saying? So it didn't sound like it should have sounded. You know, it should have never been released, but Kermit released it anyway. So, you know, the, the reception was crazy. It, it was terrible, you know what I'm saying? But once they got into, once everybody got introduced to introduce Easy, you know how to say it, go. When everybody sees that you is finna make it, everybody jump on the bandwagon. And that's when faces of death blew up. When, when yeah. Bones of Thugs Harm- when Bone does Harmony was born, Faces of Death came out. That's when it blew up. But, right. when it
0: was bone, but when it but when it was Bone Enterprise,
3: Faces of Death didn't even sell a hundred copies.
0: I I've heard a lot of rumors that when they became Bone Thugs and then Kermit Reed cuz he he reissued it, you know, more than once, uh, a couple times just in 95 and 96. Uh I've heard rumors right. that that record did exceptionally well uh once yeah, like, Eternal came out. Yeah. I mean, so. well, that was a smart
3: that was a smart business for so yeah. on the business side, you know, you couldn't be mad. I, I I was bad because I had to get the wind up, but the money, don't want your but you know, but you couldn't be mad about the business part of it because that was a, a brilliant move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, now, I it,
2: yeah. it, 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 did it, it, you know, did it, the it,
3: department did, it free money. You know what I mean?
2: Did the perception change of Faces of Death after they became Bone Thugs and the album got re-released again? Did Did people like it a little bit better now that they knew Bone Thugs on a bigger level? I mean,
3: I don't know about, like, a lot of people in Cleveland, but a fan the Bone yeah. the Hungry fans, they picked up all it. that's what picked up on the face of the death. You know what I'm saying? But like the local people it, it was it was like like I say, it was like a thing like when Easy came to the cotton club and Diego was passing them CDs out and people thought Bone was on with Easy at that time. They they was, that's when everybody was loving them. They never even heard CD. You just loving them because they were born from Cleveland. You know what I mean? But right. the perception of that picture is in Cleveland. It was it, it was well. You know what I'm saying? It, yes. it, it didn't go over well, and it it was bone funk. Cause bone, you know, to me, they was always stars. And they always had a style that, that nobody ever had, and lo- locally nothing. But the production. The production was right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't this kind of a CD that I would've said there's you know what I mean?
2: Well yeah. you, of, of all the songs you, you had recorded when they were recording junkies, like how were the ten tracks selected, do you know? Like was it Kermit's decision, K Chill's, yours? Like how did those ten get on there?
3: No, they were pretty that was pretty much Kermit's decision. You know, like we were recording a lot of music in the studio. But the, the 10 cuts was either chosen by kt or Carmen because I think kt was, like, the executive producer on that album, too. Yeah. So, you know, them two is the ones who the track.
0: But they recorded a lot of stuff, man. Where they there a lot of music. So, I'm a, hey, let me run this by you. Uh, K-Chill, speaking of K-Chill, he he told us a story that there was a a fifth member back then, uh, that, that wasn't Flesh. He goes, there was another member, uh, and he remembered him as, uh, named Fish, and he goes, he, he wasn't good, and we got, we, we ended up kicking him out. Do do you remember another member of Bone that was around that, that got kicked out of the group?
3: Yeah, he was, really. I love him, he was a cool little dude, but. He wasn't really, to me, like a part of the group. He was, you know, Bone had an entourage even when they was young. They had a yeah. bunch of little dudes that ran with him. You know what I'm saying? Graveyard was one of them. You know what I'm saying? Poetic Husky. You now there was a few boys that used to already they was running together. Fishbone was one of them dudes. You know what I'm saying? That just used to hang out with. Them. But yeah. he really wasn't. He really wasn't. He never really to me was like a rapper. You know what I mean. So, he was just part of. He was just, he was just part of the entourage. And he speaking, was going way. He, he was going way before to um, Bone became Bone Thugs of I mean, He was gone when they was um, Bone Enterprise.
0: Yeah, K. Chill said he got uh, actually booted before you guys even started recording the the uh, project.
3: Yeah, he was he was a cool dude, but, but he was just a. Uh, to me, of
0: uh, uh, hanging around. So speaking of just like, you know, the group and, and the entourage and, and the, you know, the, the crew around you guys, something that I've noticed is that Mo Thugs, as far as the term Mo Thugs and Mo Thug organization, that's been around since Faces of Death. Um, I mean, it's even credited in... You know, in the thank yous, you know, the, the Mothugs are, are shouted out. Uh, can you just tell us about the the early years of, of Mothugs? I mean, was it always meant to be a record label? Was it just more of, like, a way to, you know, shout out, like, you know, you guys' as like crew? What was Mothugs even back in, like, the faces of death time? Mothugs was
3: lazy, I'm saying. You know, lazy, I'm always saying, you know, like, Mothugs, you know, did things the said Mothugs. They would always call themselves Thugs, you know, but both Thugs was a group of a group of friends, you know what I'm saying? Actually, that's all they were, friends, but they all rapped together, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that formed after Bone Thugs and Harmony started. When Bone Thugs and Harmony started, that's when they started the Mo Thugs movie, you know what I mean? When then Faces of Death was out, it wasn't no more It was just Bone Enterprise. And then, you know, you had other guys that used to hang around them. But it was just Bone Enterprise at that time.
0: Yeah, well in I, I was saying in the uh, in the actual thank yous of the Bone Enterprise album, uh that, you know, they, they thank um and they they shout out the the mothug organization. So that's what I thought it must just be like what, like, Lazy or whoever must have called the Friends, um, and it sounds like it didn't really become a record label until they became Bone Thugs. Um, right, that's what it became a record label. But they, you know, they had a bunch of little friends in the hood
3: that they called, it, you know, they said they say it was Thugs and around, but I didn't hear Thugs until, you know, Lazy Bone asked me to put it down more Thugs, you know what I mean? These they put it down more Thugs. That's when I heard the most Thugs name. And yeah. That's when they, that's when they
0: started the Mo Thug label, and that was when they became Mo Thug of Harmony. Now, now, how did you get involved with the the actual Mo Thug label? Um, you know, you you'd worked on Bone Enterprise with them. they're you know, they've now put out "Creeping On" a come up. You guys. Um, they, I think eternal as well, you guys start working on family scriptures. How did you get that deal and get involved with, with them for that project? Well, like I said, we, and, we you know, I had a relationship with them doing Bone Enterprise. So
3: yeah. when uh when Bone became Bone Brothers Hunter, they left Cleveland. You know, easy sent them three bus tickets to go to California. So when they went to California, that's what e- lazy called me and it was like, hey, man, why you didn't call Easy back, man? Easy was trying to get in touch with you. And I was like, shit. I mean, I tried to call that, that number. because in fact, look that we didn't have cell phone. We had page, You know, you had to have real money to get a cell phone. So I was like, I tried to call his, uh, his cell phone number, but it was disconnected. I mean, it was cut off. So I was hoping he would call me back, but he didn't. He was like, man, he was trying to get in touch with you because he wanted to sign two true, And I was like, well, shit. Give him my number. You sitting out there with him, just give him my number. You know what I mean? But easy never did court at that time. Then um I was out there pushing no, no, I went to I went to Atlanta because I thought easy I mean lazy enough forgot about it. So me and true, we went to Atlanta and we got on with Jermaine Dupree. You know, that's how I got on with Jermaine Dupree. But Jemaine Dupree ended up, you know, he told us to give him a couple weeks to sign us and then when I called him back for him to sign us, he already signed the brat, so he said he couldn't have two female artists. so I came back to Cleveland, and uh, when I came back to so when I came back sense. to Cleveland, so when I came back to Cleveland, you know, I am hustling again because you know that's how we did. you know we were right we at CD. we cassettes at the time, so I'm selling my a j work on the Cleveland cassette, and I'm riding a three wheeled bicycle lazy pulled up on me like, man, what's up, man? I was like, the, hell is the guy is you. woo, woo, woo. He was like, man, what you doing on here? I said, man, you don't know am doing? i selling these cassettes. He was like, man, you ain't got to do that no more. He was like, man, put it down, more Thug, man, and I'm going to give you all three first-class tickets to California, man. And I was like, shit, Mo Thug. <laughs> and I put my fist in the air like, Mo Thug. And <laughs> shit, it was like three days later, man,
0: we had first-class tickets to California. I, I just want to ask a clarifying question, in, in, you know, from earlier. Did, did you say that uh, that there there might have been interest from EZE e in 2-True? You said what now? Yeah, I, I was just looking for clarification. Did you say uh, that EZE e was initially interested in too true Well, when,
3: when Eazy-E came to Cleveland, he, they, he came to the cotton club, club, the cotton club. This guy named Reno and Diego brought him to Cleveland. So yeah, when he Diego came yeah, Diego Black. Yeah, Diego hey, That was my cat. Yeah. So when he came to Cleveland, you know, him and BG knockout was sitting on the pool table. So I was standing on the pool table next to Easy, and me and him got the top of it up with both my group, my two troops. Yeah. So I had, you know, so I had in him a cassette, uh, you know, uh, Jazz Welcome to the Dark Side and uh, AJ Welcome to Cleveland, and then he looked at it, he listened to it, and then. 2-2 went on stage. So exactly he was like, oh, shit. He was like, them little girls right there? And I was like, yeah. He was like, man, them motherfuckers on it. I said, yeah, and I also produced that for in the city, too. So that's when Bone went on stage. At this time, man, the crowd was going crazy because, you know, everybody think Bone sound was easy. easy. So everybody going crazy. And he was like, you saying you, you produced that, too? And I was like, yeah, I produced that, too. He said, hey, man, give me your number. I, I want to call you. So wow. I gave him my number. I gave him my number, and he texted me. Like, when we headed headed home to, after the party, he texted my phone. I mean, my uh, pager. It was a 973. It was a California number. So I didn't have enough quarters. I do not have enough quarters to call him back because, you know, he had a to stop at the payphone. Yeah. So I said, I'll call, I'll call him when I get home. But I live across town. So it takes, like, 30 minutes to get home. So by the time I got home and I tried to call him, you know, his cell phone was um, cut off. So I didn't hear from him until, like, you know, maybe a month later. Like, easy, I don't know if the bone on was California. I heard from Easy a month later. He called me directly, too. And we talked, and then we didn't talk again. And then I went to Atlanta. Then he called me while I was in Atlanta, and he told me to come back to Cleveland because he about to start a Rufus Records in Cleveland. And he wanted me to, be, you know, do, you know, be the the producer for they for his label in Cleveland. I was like that, so I got him my I got I got a U-Haul, packed all my studio equipment up, and I came back to Cleveland, and Easy died. Wow, that and is crazy, died, he, man. Yeah, he
0: died. As soon as I got back to Cleveland, Easy died and and just to think you know i mean if, if easy wouldn't have passed and you know not that too true wasn't great as a motha group but to think about what too true might have been like as a, a ruthless records artist because that would have been a completely just different look that's that's a that's a big thought well
3: too true had like like i said Jermaine Free was interesting, in too true too Short was interesting. you know
0: but I, I heard something about little john too little john there was some sort of little john connection
3: well, you know, Little John. When I met Lil John, he wasn't even doing music. I I moved my studio in Lil John's house in Atlanta and started producing little tracks for like little Atlanta dudes. You know what I'm saying? And Little John, there's a funny story, man. Lil John used to tell me, man, like, man, y'all need to do some hooks. Y'all need to, y'all need to do some hooks. And I said, man, ain't no ain't nobody want to hear no motherfucking hooks. A bunch of hooks. They want to hear lyrics. People want to hear stories, lyrics. And then Lil' John, next thing you know, a couple of years later, Lil' John came out with a book called Who You With? And he became Lil' John in the East Side Boy. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Okay. That
3: is awesome. <laughs> my, studio was, my, my studio was in Lil' John's house. That's my dude, man. We and we Lil' John, I haven't talked to him in a while. But every time he used to come to Cleveland, he would come and pick me up on the tour bus. You know, we would go chop it up and, you know, have a good time. But this guy was a real good friend of my man. That's who eventually turned me on
0: to Jermaine Dupree. And that's so, a crazy story, too. <laughs> so the so-so-deaf deal doesn't come together because of DeBrat, which completely makes sense. I mean, DeBrat, too true, very, very similar lane there. Um, and then you guys end up, Mo Thugs is created. You guys end up with the Mo Thug deal. Actually, yeah. actually, that was
3: that was my fault with the social death deal because J- Jermaine told me to give him six weeks because he had an attorney named Vernon that wasn't in town and that's who drew his contract. So he told me to give him six weeks. I said, "Man, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay right here until we sign this deal." Man, he was like, "Big dog, don't worry about it." <laughs> he said, "Man, I've given you my word. I'm gonna sign y'all, man. Just give me six weeks." from my attorney coming down and then I'm going to call you and we're going to get the paperwork done and get in the studio. But I, I, I waited six weeks. I didn't never call him back and for six weeks. And then when I called him back, he already told me he signed the press. Man.
0: How much time was there between your so-so deaf, you know, the so-so deaf deal falling apart and the Mo Thugs deal coming together? How much, you know, time in between those deals was there? Maybe two months. It, oh, wow. it was like two wow. yeah, because
3: because after that fell apart, I was already stuck in at Atlanta, and then that's when Easy E called me, and when Easy E called me, I moved back to Cleveland, and then that's when Easy E died. So now I'm I'm in Cleveland again, and back from ground on ground one, but and then so I started I started selling these cassette called Welcome to Cleveland. A.J. Welcome to Cleveland and Lazy Ball saw me out there. He pulled me over. He had a red park avenue. He pulled me over and he told me, man, put it down more thugs, man. You ain't got to do this shit no more. I said more thugs and that was the beginning of more thugs.
0: So then tell me about the the process behind Mothug Family Scriptures As far as recording that Did did you know When you guys Were working on that That it was specifically For a compilation Or were you guys Just recording tracks And that's kind of How it ended up Was all as that Big compilation Well When
3: we first Started recording We went out there With Just the to record You know what I mean Because we were still In a Like In the air About what we were doing You know Because there wasn't No contract signed yet None of that but I had like man albums of music already done. You know what I mean? So when I came down I came down to I came to California with my with my, all my equipment, my computer, all of that. And so we just started recording and then next thing you know he said they said this is gonna be a most of a compilation. So I ended up doing like six songs on that album. I did now played six songs. And then I, I ended up, I mixed it. I, I ended up mixing the song, and then I went to Dick Griffey. I mean, not Dick Griffey, uh, I forgot the guy's name, man. Right there on Sunset, "He mastered everybody now. Bernie Grubman. Went to Bernie Grubman, and I mastered the album. And then they called me, out, and they sent everybody else home. Everybody else got sent back to Cleveland. But they left me out there to master the album. I mean, I get a call from my brother saying that the album was sold a million, pre-sold. It was pre-sold a million. Wow. It, I mean, it was pre-sold a million copies before it was, you know, least Released. Release. You know, I was still mixing the album down. And they say it was it was pre-sold a million.
0: Wow. And, and that must have just been, you know, I mean, the strength of coming off an album like E1999 Eternal Bone was... Was red hot and and Mo Thug's Family Scriptures, you know, was so well received. um That that was a huge time, I, I would say, especially for the Bone Mo Thug era. That ninety five to ninety seven time was was massive. We was on top of the world. I, I cried like a girl. I ain't gonna lie to you because
3: I never in my years thought that we would have a, a a platinum album like that. You know what I'm saying? yeah so but but it, it it was a dream come true you know what i mean but it was you know recording that album uh, it wasn't no, it wasn't no games you know what i'm saying we we was working you know what i mean yeah we was we was in the studio and days
2: was, was more songs recorded than made the album like is there a whole bunch of mo thugs tracks that were recorded night
3: yeah it was a whole bunch of tracks man i recorded. Twelve to fifteen tracks myself, you know what I mean. Then you had Soldier Boy, you had Ten Dog, you had Trey, you had a couple of people that didn't make the cut like Peter, um Cindy, Cindy B. You, know, you had a lot of different artists that didn't even make Cat Cody. You didn't yeah, make Cat the do
0: you know, No, Cat Cody didn't make it to the second one. He he was great too. What well, hey, a, a yeah, question you know, Cat Cody was. Awesome. One one artist we were just talking about At the beginning of Thug Devotion You know when, when Crazy Bones He's shouting out All the different artists on it He he mentions Aftermath on that um, and, and I'm guessing that's probably Aftermath That went on to work with Flesh and Bone Was he working with, with Mo Thugs at that time as well? Cool You with know Mike and them? Yeah Aftermath? Yeah Yeah Aftermath was what they did They got into a little trouble He ended up going to
3: go it down And they, they was no
0: more around. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Okay. And and do you know is, is that the same aftermath that went on to work? You know, like because Flesh and Bone has you know, a few songs with aftermath. Uh, yeah, like, they 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 started working with Flesh and Bone, but
3: the the head guy named Mike, he, he wasn't around no more. So I didn't really too much here from aftermath no more once Mike went to jail. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Gotcha. Okay. So. <clears throat> Back on Family Scriptures, um, you know, you guys are recording that. I, As I look over the credits for this, Archie, you know, I, I see um, th- there's so much production, you know, in here. There's such a big production team. Uh, outside of the two True Tracks and Ain't No Reason by Ken Dog, did, did you help produce any of the other songs on, on Family Scriptures or Family Reunion? I see you obviously heavily tied to the production for the two True Tracks.
3: Well, basically I only did tracks for 2-2, and basically only 2-2, because Ken Dog, I did the tracks for Kids Dogg for the both of 1 album, But after yeah. the most of 1 album, Ken Dog started doing his tracks for other people. So basically, I just did my tracks for 2 true. And I, I guess that was a money issue or something, because then nobody, you know, the money wasn't flowing, so you know they weren't going to pay you to do nobody else's stuff, you know what I'm saying? Either the producers had, their, I mean, the club, the boots had their own producers, or they did their music with their mouths. You know what I mean? Like basically well, like, with graveyard shit, graveyard shit. You know, I thought Toolz was basically producing most of their music. You know what I mean? Then that's was Romeo came in, and I don't know whether they was doing production or he was doing a keyboard play, but he ended up saying production. So. You know, but we, like I said, they kept all of us pretty much separate. So we didn't see what each other was doing. You know what I mean? I, I pretty mm-hmm. much was on Two True albums. I was
0: doing mostly Two True. Okay. And, that, and hey, who, that...
2: who, who would you submit the music to, like, as it was completed? Was Lazy Bone, like, the guy that collected all the songs? Or who who did you submit the songs to to get on the album? To get on the album? Yeah, like like... I just, I always wondered how all, how all the tracks got got brought together if everybody's doing like separate, their own thing. So, how did it all, yeah, like, like, who was the collector?
3: Lazy going up pretty much do what I do. So, they didn't, they didn't pretty much even mess with me. You know what I'm saying? So, it wasn't no submitting. I just, you know, I did about 20-some songs, We, you know, two true shows of songs that we wanted to put on the album. And we gave them to Lazy. And then Lazy put them on the album, you know?
0: He told me to make some
3: bass songs, and that's how we chose to put what we put on the on most of the album. Wow.
0: That's cool. So you, so it was you guys that, that chose, like, Ghetto Blues and stuff. It wasn't somebody else picking those songs.
3: Yeah. See, Ghetto Blues was made in my basement. You know, we didn't even do that in California. I made Ghetto Blues in my basement. And um, wow. matter of fact, all the songs that we did on the 2 2 was made in my basement. I just came out to California to, to make I of those
0: songs in my face. You know, Lazy Lay is in my face. So as then, far as... Go ahead, John.
2: I, and and, and I, so then it, it just kind of makes sense now because you had mentioned Welcome to the Dark Side and Welcome to Cleveland. So were those basically all the... the were those the rest of the tracks that you recorded for Too True that didn't wind up on uh, New Breed of Female or the Mo Thug albums or were those newly produced songs?
3: Well, Dark was my label. You know, I had Darkseid before I even did Motor. So, you know, I was still trying to build my label but I had to wait, like Lazy Ball said, I had to wait until I got on to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I never abandoned my Darkside Entertainment label, but at the same time I was doing production, you know, for two on Motor. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. So, well, because uh, Brina, Brina's album, it was either Brina or Jazz had an album called Welcome to the Dark Side. And so I'm, I'm guessing. So that, we was were, done in,
3: uh, that was done in my studio in 92, 91, something
2: like that. Wow. Okay, that's, okay, that's, now it makes sense. Got it. Okay. So, so tell yeah, me about, yeah, there, I, there yeah, was.
3: Yeah, I never, I, we never did music in California. We just came and fixed music in California. All our music is done in Cleveland. You know, we came to California. We just came to Mexico. You know
2: what I mean? Yeah, I, See, I thought that was, I thought it was an album, I thought Welcome to the Dark Side was an album, you know, prior to talking to you, I thought it was an album that came out like after The Mo Thugs and after Too True, but now, no, now that no, I know it
0: came, it, it came out before. Yeah, okay. it came out way, it came out a couple of years before. Yeah, it I'll, I'll tell you what's night, crazy night is it, it picked up a lot of momentum with the fans after Too true, you know, was off of Mothug, And I think that's because the fans were so hungry for more from Too true that they just started digging and they, you know, they found that and, and it kind of got a second life, um, uh, again. And I think that's maybe why John thought it was, you know, newer, uh, than it was because the, the, the fans wanted more, you know, than, than just that one. Um, was there something if if I remember correctly, before it was too True, were you were you guys like Big Daddy Coalition? Yeah, Big
3: Daddy Coalition was that's what I was the first at first. Big Daddy yeah. Coalition consisted of Two True, uh Bone Enterprise, a group called PCP, um, uh, Dre Thoroughbred. It was a lot of it was a lot of little local groups. That was you know that came from one of the big Daddy coalition, you know what I mean, but all big Daddy coalition was was a production company, so I did all I just make music and if an artist could rap to my music, then I put them part of my- my group, you know what I mean, yeah, and
2: that's what
3: and that's what the coalition was, it was, it was big Daddy was big so it was big daddy coalition
2: did you did you we saw that we think we're not sure but i think you did tracks with southpaw and is that true and did you do anything with built to last by any chance no
3: southpaw they did only their own production and uh built to last i think they did their own production also you know i just did bone enterprise uh pcp because pcp was on stony stony Brook label too
0: and uh
3: too true Ah,
0: okay. okay. Makes sense. So, you guys are on Mothug. You you know, you, you guys have worked on family scriptures. Uh, you know, 2 True is very established, especially, I'd say, to Bone fans in the Bone world right now, uh, or at that time, rather. Uh, what was it? Whose decision was it, and, and what was it that made too True the first... I guess we'd say solo album to come out of Mo Thugs. Who's whose decision was that? How did that come about? <laughs> well I'll just tell
3: you my story. It might be a different story. But, you know, I got into an altercation with Lazy and now, you know, over I just recently found out like not even a month ago what really happened, but this is over twenty some years ago. So, you know, after we got to the altercation, uh, Rob J. came to my house. And he was like, I know what's about to go down. I know what you're about to do. You know, man, it ain't worth it. You know, and I was like, man, listen, man, you, you already know what's about to go down. So he was like, well, listen, man. AZ man, said he's sorry, man. He was really drunk, woo-woo. And, you know. Yes. If you want to just keep going on with what we doing, you know, then you the first opportunity to come out with an album. You know what I'm saying? So I listened, I, I thought about it, and I just say, you know what? That's, that's all I'm trying to do anyway. I'm trying to get these girls out here, man, because I know once the world hear these girls, you know, it ain't going to be no turning back for them. You know what I mean? So that's how we got into the studio. Now, if it was a, a, any other story than that, I don't know. But Rob J came to me and gave me the offer to come out with the first album. And that's when we went back to the studio and we came up
0: with the new Greedy Female album. Did you guys also record that in Cleveland as well?
3: Yeah, man. When I got to California, I think I was in California for two weeks and the album was done. The whole album. Wow. And then the studio, I mean, we went, we went to the studio, we mixed, cast it. So when the album was about to come out, you know, I told them they you were know, going to go on tour. So they, told, they wanted us to come on tour with them. And I told them, man, we need to be promoting the album. You know what I'm saying? We can't really go on tour right now, man. We got to promote now. So ladies and told us that they was going to promote the album on tour. But when we got on tour. Yeah, it got changed around. You know, they, you know, we didn't never promote the album. So people never even heard of the New Breed of Female album. You know what I mean? A lot of people never even heard of New Breed of Female. But then when yeah. people hear, they were like, man, damn, why did I never bring this album out? That album did come out. It just never got the promotion it was supposed to
2: get. Did, did you guys, had you shot the video for Ballers Flossing at that point, or did it come out later on?
3: No, we shot the Baller of video before the album came out. But we was guaranteed two videos. Now, I'm going to tell you all this story. We was guaranteed two videos. Guaranteed. So, the strategy was we was going to come out with ball of slossing. You know, showing how we was trying to get on. You know, we struggling, but we going to make it. You know, we watching all our dudes come back with flashy cars, but we ain't got ours yet, but we going to get them. Then we was gonna follow if you watch the video it's a two be continue. Because the second video puts ahead came with Are You Ready? Now if I don't know we weren't gonna get for one video, we would have did Are you ready first example, to me, Are You Ready hotter than Boris Foster. But it didn't it, 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 we never got that second video. So I blame that failure on me. You know what I mean? Well,
2: yeah. So how come the the so the second one didn't come out? How Because we did notice the 2B continued and we were going to ask about that but what was the, the, the reason the second one didn't happen?
3: They, that's when they dropped us before the 3 they oh. even dropped the second video. They they released 2True. They released uh, Poetic Hustlers. You know, they just started releasing artists and that was the end of it because we already re- recorded both of 2 Mo Thugs 2 was already recorded when we, when we was recording New Breed and Female. Actually, we recording the new Mo Thugs 2
0: and New Breed and Female at the same time. It was like we had like four projects going on at one time. Yeah, because po- Poetic Hustlers also dropped pretty close to... Um... Actually, it it Actually, we we was recording Poetic Hustlers,
3: True, Graveyard Shift, and we were recording Mo Thugs 2 albums.
2: Well, Poetic had two videos as well. They had Day and Night and Trials and Tribulations. So it makes sense that you guys would have had two videos as well for Two True. huh?
3: Right. But for some reason, man, I don't know who. I think it was Steve O'Bale. But somebody kept trying to tell these guys that we were trying to get on with other people. And that was far from the truth. You know, what we were doing was trying to remain loyal to both thugs. Because if we were trying to get on with other people, we would have got on, you know what I mean? A lot of people wanted to but we just didn't entertain it because we was already assigned to both thugs, you know what I mean? So it was a lot of um unfaithfulness going around. You know, most, you know, people were looking at each other crazy. You know, most thugs weren't even both thugs no more. We was like so we all carry guns around each other now, you know. It wasn't the same, you know what I'm saying? Because it was poison in the group. Now that's when the decline of Motthug. You know what I mean? That was the decline of Motthug. When Mo Thug Two came out, that was the decline
0: of Mo Thug. As we as we transfer into kind of talking about the you know the the family reunion album. Can you talk about what that process was like compared to Family Scriptures? I mean, did did you guys go into Family Reunion knowing now that this was definitely for a compilation, and and that's what everybody was recording material for? Yeah, we definitely
3: know what, what Family Unit album was about, but our participation wasn't really with it. You know what I mean? Because you know we already did three albums, and ain't nobody saw no money yet. So now everybody kinda of leery about recording. You know what I mean? You still had a few people that was trying to that didn't mind recording but a, a few of the groups was trying to like leaning back now, like for the um Two True, Gray R shift, you know, those, those groups was kinda of leaning back a little bit more now. But then you had position I mean Poison, um M T five, cat cody, all of them was coming into play now. So they was moving all the old mong out the way. You know what I mean?
0: Is that why we only saw the one 2 true track on the Family Reunion? Yes. Absolutely. And now, did you guys have other tracks that were intended for that project? As a matter of fact, we was released off of Motor records right after we recorded
3: Giffin' Ain't Easy. That's right. I mean, we, we recorded that album in Miami. We never we when we left Miami we were released off the album
0: I mean off the label. So so were you guys no longer on Mo Thugs by the time the the album came out? Yes, we was off Mo Thugs. Wow, holy wow! And and was that the case for most of the original cast as far as Poetic Hustlers Soldier Boy?
3: Yeah, everybody
0: got release letters, including Soldier Boy. Everybody got release letters. Uh, I mean, some of them did. Go
3: get their self off because they was getting held back. I don't know. I can't say exactly everybody's business, but it's too true. We was released. Actually, they didn't even release them. They released a couple, but yeah, we was released.
2: Were you guys open to still do your own music if you wanted to continue pursuing it, or were you, or, or was that like not possible to do? No, that was. We was still
3: signed. We was released, but we was still signed. It was like we was blackballed. You know what I mean? Like now, do mm. so nobody want nobody want to touch us because if you know at that time Bone was super hot. You know, at the Cross World they was untouchable. So you yeah. know, if, if if Bone tell a label not to fuck with you, they are not gonna fuck with you. You know what I'm saying?
5: So I, no, I, they,
3: I, every, all the, all the artists were froze. You know, everybody went back to the hood. You know what I mean? and
0: Disclaimer, we are two regular guys who love to talk Bone Thugs and Harmony. We do not represent Bone Thugs or any Bone affiliate. We are also not Bone Thugs experts. The views and information you hear in this podcast may be based on personal opinion. Please feel free to leave corrections and clarifying information in the comments. And enjoy. Warning. This episode contains graphic details and information. Some of the names and events have been censored to protect the identity of the parties involved. Parental discretion is advised. What, what is it that you
4: believe made it so, I mean, you know, Ken, Ken Dog lasted all four projects. We never saw a Ken Dog solo album. What is it that made Ken Dog last, you know, the, the whole time and, and still never get a solo record?
3: Well, that's that's easy. Ken dog was cool. That was their boy. You know, they was cool. Ken dog always been cool with Lazy. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, I I you know Ken. That's, I, like, that's, like, Ken
3: that's Ken like that's like that's like that's like Easy E and BG Knockout. You know what I'm saying? Every time you saw Easy E, you saw BG Knockout. You know what I mean?
5: That's
4: the e- same
3: relationship Lazy got on here with Ken dog
4: do you think there were ever plans, were there plans for Ken Dog to get a solo album that just didn't come come to play, or were the, was Ken Dog never really, like, in the focus like that to give him, a, you know, a solo record?
3: I thought he was going to get a solo album, but, like I say, everything turns around once we got on with most you know, all the friendships turned sour, you know, everybody wasn't even really cool with each other no more, so you don't even know really what, the prayer was no more. You know what I'm saying. But personally, I thought Kid Dog was going to get a solo album, but no, he never did.
4: Yeah. So I I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, I guess leaving, you know, leaving the company. What what brought you guys there? It sounds like a money issue. We you know we hear that a lot. That you know the the unfortunately the money wasn't right. Um, and and I I would say it's it's probably even worse in the situation for Two True or Poetic Hustlers who not only were part of the compilation but but you guys also produce you know solo records and and I'll say as a Bone fan um, and and I think a lot of Bone fans will tell you this those those two records are are highly revered um, Two True and Poetic Hustlers in, in the Bone world uh, and and it's always like the question of Hey, you know why the fuck didn't we get more more of this? Why didn't we get you know that Soldier Boy record? Why didn't we get that second Too True? Um, I mean, is, is is it just the bottom line? Was it was it money? People wanted to get paid, and and people didn't get paid. I mean, what was it that that lost us? Because uh, after Thugs well, Two, people really, um, you know, that that's kind of considered the the heyday. You know, the end is is Mothug's Two, Thugs Three, and Four. Are not revered by the fans the way the first two are.
3: Well, the, you got to remember too, it was a relationship going on with all these artists. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was friends. They was cool with each other. You know what I'm saying? So when you when you got that type of collaboration with each other, you know you make the music. You know what I'm saying? But when the relationships break down, when when when, it, when everybody ain't cool like they was, when it, when it become business. You know, the the music becomes business, and now you don't have no groups no more. You know what I'm saying? People couldn't trust each other. It wasn't about money. Money was part of it, but it wasn't solely about money, no. It was just, you know, people fell out with each other. It wasn't cool. People weren't cool no more. You know what I mean? And, you know, you can't be the only one with money. You know, when you're dealing with people in the street, anything, you know, if you don't only want eating, then everybody else starving. Eventually, people are gonna start looking at your plate. You know what I mean? And and that's what was happening, man. You know, you had a bunch of artists that was doing tours. You know, multiple tours, not one tour, but multiple tours. And when they come home, they had to catch the bus. You know, people were not eating. It wasn't no chance there. Then when we signed the contract. You know, you're thinking you're going to get paid from the contract, but once you got that initial $25,000, which is you split between three people, that's $8,333. You know, how long is that going to last? You know what I'm saying? And we talk about years. We talk about a month or two months.
0: We talk about years
3: of recording, years of going out of town. So, you know, it because people couldn't do it no more. And that's what that was like I say, that was when both thugs it stopped being Thugs. The good music stopped being good music. You know what I'm saying? Bone always made good music because they was always bone. You know, it was just them four. But when you come down to talk about the both artists, that was just a label. They was you know, they were not eaten, you know what I mean?
4: After mosug's two we also saw Crazy Bone, Wishbone, they they, they didn't they didn't
3: deal with mothers again either. Um but Crazy Bone Crazy Bone ran Mo thugs though. I mean, I don't know what the perception of was with, with the fans, but Crazy Bone was like one of the head leaders of Motor. He was fact yeah. si- he was a, he was silent, but you know, Crazy Bone was the one who made most of the decisions. Crazy Bone and Steve Obell. You know, Lazy Bone was a businessman, but Crazy Bone did all that made like most of the decisions. And Steve LoBelle, he he ended up leaving though. Cra- Crazy
4: ended up leaving no thugs. I mean, he you know he didn't appear on you know the third one. He ended up making Thug Line. What do you think the the reason was that that we saw even you know late
3: Lazy Bone well, 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 one left? Well, most most of with most of crumbled. You know what I'm saying? So once most of crumbled. Crazy Ball started thugging
4: Yeah. Was there any? Was there ever any talk about you know you were too true on any of the other Mo Thugs albums? Or once you guys were out, was it was it
3: over? No, it was it was. I mean, Jazz went back and did something with uh, Crazy Ball with Nine Riders, but yeah, you know I don't think Crazy Ball them too much care for me no more. You know what I'm saying? I mean I, I'm not gonna say I think I know. So it wasn't really no relationship right there with me and Crazy Bone them no more, you know. I was, but I'm much older than them, so I was much more about the business, you know what I'm saying? And the the two personalities that they didn't mix, so it didn't last long. You know what I mean?
4: I, I've heard uh, I've heard stories, and, and it, it could be rumor. I've heard stories that the initial you know fallout, and this may not have been you know, the the final thing, but I heard the initial was was caused over a miscommunication with with a fax between, uh, you know, some of the producers and and the label uh, relativity that you guys were working with, and that it got back to um, either lazy or crazy, uh, that there was complaints about money, and and that wasn't the situation. Um, (laughs) is Is that close to what happened, or what was that situation? Do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Okay, yeah, that's when they when I got jumped, on. That's when they jumped me. But no, what happened was, okay, called to to the house because um, they were supposed to be writing us a check. We were supposed to get a check. So no, we all happy. You know, graveyard shift, two true. There wasn't too many of us out there at the time. It was just crazy. Ball me, uh, jazz, Jazzy Brain and two and uh graveyard shift. So. We still don't, don't. Nobody know what's going on. We we don't. We have a, a, the slightest clue of what's going on. We just know we finna get our checks, <laughs> and we just happy because we finally get paid. So as we sit there, <laughs> <and> <laughs> come in the house with like fifty guys, man. And so when they come in the house singing, you know, uh, y'all take your bed in the bone, y'all just take your bed in the bone. Uh, so we all sit there and listening. I was like, man, this ain't, I tell, I tell Jazz and me, like, something ain't right, man. They, You know, why would they bring all these guys up here and, and write us a billion-dollar check? You know what I'm saying? I mean, something ain't right. So, the, you know, start the meeting up, and when they start the meeting up, they say, you know, somebody going to relatively tell the relatively that we're not getting paid. They're not getting paid. So I'm sitting there listening, shaking my head, you know, nodding my head, and he's like they why you nod your head. Nigga, we heard it's you. I said what? I said man, what you mean? I heard it's me. I don't even know relativity's number. I don't know none of these guys' number, none of that. But anyway, so they get they get the flippers on me, then wings on me, you know, and then next you know I got fifty bodyguards tackling me to the ground. So we to this day, I I didn't I just found out like two months ago what actually happened. Now this is twenty-some years ago. I just found out two months what actually happened. Steve Bell, I guess, told Lady Bone now that I called relatively and complained about not getting paid. But Romeo said that he the one who made that phone call. And he said that Steve Bell told he made the phone call because he was with him. They were both sitting right there when he made the phone call. But the Steve Bill told Lazy that I made the phone call. Because we, you know, me and Steve O'Bill didn't see eye to eye. So they went off of that and that's what happened between you know, that's how that happened. You know, it wasn't didn't nobody make no phone call. The only person who made a phone call was Romeo. Romeo called relativity and told relativity that most of the artists wasn't getting paid. But relativity thought that most of the artists was getting paid. Yeah, Romeo And of course, Ro- you know, Romeo, Romeo uh, told the truth. Romeo told the truth, but Steve O'Bell lied to Lazybone and told that it was me that made the phone call. And I never made the phone call. And, and of so course, you know, how, it, it so would make sense how for how Romeo all to all call. Years. Huh? I, I was going to say, of course, it would make sense for
4: Romeo, uh, Romeo to call. He. He didn't have the same deal as you guys. He he got kind of paid by Relativity. So if he if he wasn't getting paid, uh, you know he he'd be searching for to get his. Well, actually, cut.
3: actually, Romeo got paid more than me. He I didn't get paid nothing. <laughs> I never got paid. I got paid zero. For the all time. three albums, for all three hours, I made zero. I made zero
4: dollars. Wow, and and I mean, and I don't want to get into the the specifics on it or anything, but I mean, there there must've been a dollar figure that when you signed on, that, that you were promised to, to be making.
3: Yeah. Re, yeah. Well, see what happened was they didn't want to sign me as a producer. So they signed me as an artist with mo with two true. That's why you see the pictures with be Two true because they may be part of the group. I didn't do that. Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, so that way I wouldn't get paid as a producer. I'd get paid as an artist.
4: So, so did that leave, that must have left the three of you trying to, to split the pot three ways instead of, you know, just th- them trying to break it. But, but it sounds but like actually, it was never a pot to break up.
3: And yeah, it was never a pot to break up. But I I did start telling tell Lazy, hey, man, Wait when i not going to start getting paid for production because I'm, I'm fooling. You know, I'm recording like 30 songs with more thugs, and I ain't get paid a quarter. So, but, you know, the relationship did start getting strained on because of the money issue. But I never had time. I mean, I wish I was part of the car, relatively, because at least Romeo did get paid. But, no, I, I never got paid. I never made that phone call. You know, you know, Romeo just recently told me this story, like, not even a month ago. He just told me the actual story, and it brought, some, it brought some relief to me because I didn't know actually what ever happened because me and Lazy was real close. We was real close yeah. at one time. But after that, it was no more relationship with me and gone. You know what I mean? I, I think the thing that
4: made Romeo's situation, you know, unique was that uh, – he he ended up passing on signing that, you know, the actual Mothug deal. Um, You know, so he he never actually signed his his Mothug deal and ended up just being outsourced for all that work. Um, Well,
3: you got to understand, Romeo was not from the outside, so he came in on business. See, I was from the inside. You know, we were all friends. You know, we we all made a pact with each other. You know what I'm saying? The first one to get on come and put everybody on. That's that you know so I never in a million years thought that they would have done that, you know what I'm saying? But you know, business is wicked, man. And you know, you can't you know, you can't put everything on friendship and you know, he promised me this and promised me that. You know, if it ain't about contracts and if it ain't about attorneys, it ain't about no business. You know what I mean?
4: Bobby Jones, who you, you know, also worked on Faces of Death. He'd been around a very long time. He worked on...
3: Yeah, yeah, Old yeah. Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones it, been it. around since the beginning.
4: Right. Did did he also, I mean, was he signed on as a producer? Or do you know if he got signed on as an artist? I, I, you know, were you guys I mean, in a similar situation?
3: We was in a similar situation, but he never signed on as an artist either because actually with Bobby Jones came, Bobby Jones was coming to R&B. You know, he was supposed to be working on Trey. Yeah. So once, you know, Bobby Jones saw what was going on, Bobby Jones did the smart thing and he went and did other things. You know what I'm saying? He didn't limit himself to more thugs, yeah, was, that was That was a very smart move on Bobby Jones. You know, he didn't limit himself. Like, I limit myself. I made myself exclusive. Well, actually. The contract made me exclusive to Mo Thugs, but Bobby Jones wasn't exclusive. So once he got to California, he could fly. When I got to California, I was like a caged bird. You know what I mean? Right. Well,
4: was there, I mean, was there ever a situation that, that you know, collectively or even individually um, any of the Mo Thugs have, have thought or, or gone to court? Um, o- over this situation and, and the loss of funds or, or not getting paid? I
3: mean, you, you mean did we all go to court? Yeah, we went yeah, to court. I, yeah, we went no, to court. We won our lawsuit and all that, but, you know, we still never got paid. I mean, nobody never get paid still.
4: Because most of I mean, it's technically bankrupt. I mean, there's nothing to pay. Yes. Yeah,
3: there's nothing to be paid for. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I mean, now, man... It, we don't even, I don't think nobody even think about it no more because it's been so many years now. I mean, I think it's been over 20 years now. So, yeah. you know, we don't even think about it no more. We just looked at it like, you know, that was an a experience. You know what I mean? Right. Well,
6: would you guys be able to, at any point, release all those unreleased songs or is that just never going to be possible and they they just die in your house and other people's houses? Like, is there any plans to ever put any of that out?
3: I actually got a lot of the stuff sitting in my garage right now. You know what I mean? Don't hate that. But, you know, a lot of the groups, they too too much not, you know, to me, I think Soulja Boy, I think Mohart, he's still doing something, but a lot of artists just don't have any interest in it no more. You know what I mean? I still got a lot of stuff sitting in my garage right now, but... And if they wanted to release it, I would gladly give it to them. You know what I mean? But I, ain't nobody really never talked about doing no more music. You know what I mean? That I mean, I think that kind of took it, took it, it took a lot out of everybody. You know what I mean?
4: Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, it, it's unfortunate. We we always <laughs> we talk a lot on this show just about. The, the classic time from, you know, like 94 to like 98 and what, you know, that music was in the Bone era. And, and of course, Mo Thugs and, and the Mo records played such a piece. And, I mean, that sound was unique. Even the Mo sound is unique compared to the Bone sound. And and you were not able to recreate it, and not you, but they were not able to recreate it on, on Mo Thugs 3 or 4. Um it it's so odd but so like amazing at the same time how you know you guys describe how you recorded these songs individually soldier boy recorded you know on his own you put him too true but all these songs go together in such a amazing way was it was it really i mean when you guys sit back and you listen to that project i mean is it is it surprising to you guys that these songs were able to go together so well even though they were not together like that
3: well, not for me because, you know, you got to remember, I mixed and mastered it. So it was kind of like my project, you know what I mean? I don't know what we yeah. in the studio, you know, so I knew what was to, what to expect. I mean, I didn't expect it to, to sell when it sold. I didn't expect that. But as far as the sound of the music, that's the same sound that we've been doing forever, you know what I mean? That's the yeah. same. we. It, it wasn't that new to me. I mean, it was the same thing that I hear every day in Cleveland. I know. Cool.
4: It's, through, it's through all those,
6: through all those, all those tracks that you did make, is, is there a track that's the most special to you out of all the songs that you were a part on, of? W- on what?
3: On what album? Uh, on, on all there. the
6: the entire body of work. Like, what's your absolute like favorite one of all?
3: Of them? I would to my favorite. I'm a, I, I got a few favorites. But my one of my favorites is "Mother's Reminiscence." People don't people sleep on that. A lot of people have never heard that song. But if you ever get a chance to listen to it, that's a true song. It's called "Mother's Reminiscence." It's mm-hmm. about Jazz Sister. Her sister died the day we signed our contracts. The same day we signed our contracts with both the Jazz Sister died. Wow. So so we went in con we went in the studio. And made a song called "Mother's Reminisce. and we dedicated that to all the, you know, mothers that lost a, a loved one. You know what I mean? So that was like my most favorite because it was sentimental. You know, my most favorite track. You know, I, you know, you, you had promises. You know, you had uh, safety. Then, then I did a song called. Uh, Welcome to a gunfight. That never made okay. none of the I don't, I don't think nobody ever heard this song. But,
4: but we you fans know,
3: talk about this. That's that's a piece of archie. You're talking
4: about bone thug legend in, in our world right now. That's that's something that uh fans talk about is welcome to a gunfight. Yeah, welcome to a Gunfight. That song is
3: about bone. that that happened over bone and two true. the welcome to a gunfight, that song was about these guys called Red Zone in Cleveland. They jumped me. They jumped me because I put Bone on stage. They didn't want Bone to go on stage because they didn't like Bone. They thought Bone was whack, so they didn't want Bone to go on stage. So I put Bone on stage with Two Truth. They wanted Two Truth to go on stage, but they didn't want Bone to go on stage. So I paid. I paid Bone to Two Truth backups on stage. So the group, Red Zone, got mad at me for putting Bone on stage. They jumped me and threw me out the club. So we went home and wrote a song called Welcome to, Welcome to a Gunfight, Invitation to a Gunfight. And and, we, and I mailed it to them and let them know that next time I see y'all, y'all better have you pistols on you. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's what that song was about. It was about Bone going on stage with two true. And these guys that were born to go on stage.
4: Wow, uh, wow! I've I've heard about you know I've just heard about that song for years and years and and there's so many things you know even even you talking about you having these songs in, you know in in your garage, uh, you know I can tell you from a fan's perspective, and and I think you know John would agree with me. I don't I don't think there's anything more. That old school fans like myself would want than than to find out that there's just you know a, a album of unreleased Mothug stuff from that era you know coming out. I mean that that's something that fans talk about all the time because again that that time frame that you did it in is a classic time. I mean you know it can't it can't be remade. It doesn't matter how good the music is or became. There there was something very special. Uh, about that time, especially when you think about the lineup—poetic hustlers, too true, soldier boy, graveyard um, shift, Ten dog—you know that that lineup is unbelievable. We, we've seen in the past small reunions with different mo thugs. I, I've even seen that too true. looked like you guys were going to have a you know a, a little reunion and, and a new album. Um, did that? Did that? New album uh, ever start getting recorded? What what happened with that? I you know I heard you guys talking about like New Breed of Females Part Two and stuff.
3: Oh, you know, yeah, we got man, listen, Two True got at least two hundred, three hundred songs recorded. You know they got so much music in there you
0: know, I mean they they
3: just not a day and they do the two pop and drop an album every other week weekend. <laughs> That's how we do the two two that
0: unreleased.
3: You know, jazz. And, you know, dance. recording in studio. Prince, they recording. I mean, they ain't you know, gonna never stop recording. You know, but I don't think you will ever get the Motown sound because you the all the artists that actually created that Motown sound they actually ain't around no more. So like with graveyard Shift, Tombstone made graveyard shit. You know, Tombstone, Tombstone is here without Jump to the Desert. Man, it ain't no graveyard shift. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could have an album by Sin, you, you could still do a concert. Sin still raw, but when you talk about graveyard shift, you know graveyard shift was a collective. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like with Bone, man. Bone, Bone would never be Bone without all of them. You know what I'm saying? They, I mean, you could listen to two of them rap. You could they could do two solo artists albums, but they'd never be nothing. Without
0: all four, of them. without Absolutely. without
3: without busy, lazy, crazy, and wish it wouldn't be a bone. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it is with most Dugs. You know, you got to have the some guys that recorded that first both dug album. They was home. You know, they was they they was you know they was they was ready to do this. But the say can you replicate that sound? I don't think so.
4: You will never get the of one or two again. Never.
3: I I noticed I was, that. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. I I was going to say I noticed that
4: when uh, when you talk about Bone, I, I I've heard you say a couple times before them, and you just listed them off, and and I and I keep hearing uh, flesh omitted from that. What was he kind of more considered a Mothug at that time, or or how come you kind of keep leaving flesh out of that?
3: Well, no, flesh was both girls. Next was, was good. but uh, bone. You know, see, I'm old school. I'm I'm a go from when I met him. When I met him, flesh wasn't bone. When I met yeah. him, it was it was busy, wish, lazy, and crazy. That was bone enterprise. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for the people that just heard bone does a harmony and that don't know the history of bone enterprise, that's when flesh come in. You know, yeah. But flesh you know, actually, you know, that's Steve's brother. So Flesh was 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 granted in the club because of a deal he made with them. You know what I'm saying? You know, if it was not for Flesh, they would have never got to California to even try to look for a deal in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
4: of course the first. story goes that, that he was uh he was out
3: there. He he he'd actually gone
4: to California, and, and he was out there, and he had been working, and... and uh, he was on a
3: basketball scholarship, and he, he knew uh, Ronnie DeVoe. You ever heard of Ronnie DeVoe? Yeah. Bill yeah. DeVoe? Bill DeVoe. Bill DeVoe? 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 DeVoe. DeVoe? Yeah. So, Slesha knew Ronnie DeVoe, and from what I'm understanding, Ronnie DeVoe, was tried to get Ronnie DeVoe to side bone, but writing the vote told flesh that to, you know to get' him out there and let him hear him, so when they get out they got out there and let everybody to vote him right the vote and want to fuck with him. Something came up where he was like, "I can't do it, and that left all stranded wow so so once they was out there, they could not get on with nobody. They were stuck in California
4: wow, wow. i I don't think I've ever heard the I've heard the basketball thing about flesh, you know, before. Right. That, that and, was that's doing how Flesch, the... and
3: that's how flesh met with Roddy, you know. But, you know, as Steve told me this, Steve, you know, he said that uh, they tried to have that easy. You know, I think Crazy Buzz was rapping easy on the phone or something. So easy told him to come to Cleveland. Because easy, just just by uh, accident, incident, was coming to Cleveland to do a show. At the, at the club, so he told them, "If y'all, if y'all come to the club, I will listen to y'all." But they had to get back from California now, so Diego sent some tickets to get them back to Cleveland. And it, it was three of them: that was Lazy, Crazy, and uh, Lazy, Crazy, and Busy. So he had to get them all three of them back to Cleveland. So when he got them back to Cleveland, the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Diego Black is is uh
4: always credited uh among people for, for helping Bone a lot but you know it's it's odd because you you don't hear his name come up I would say um commercially when when talking about the story but anytime somebody talks about the story uh behind them, you know, he's credited heavy uh with with even the link between EeZee and and Bone. So
3: but Diego, yeah, Diego, yeah. Diego got played too, because Diego was the liaison between all of us. You know, if it was for Diego, you know, I wouldn't make easy with you know Bone wouldn't easy with would nobody it easy if it was for Diego. But Diego, you know, Kermit had a lot of you know a lot of ties with the music industry. You know what I'm saying? And if yeah. Diego, and Diego worked for Kermit, so but Diego did the footwork. Kermit would just uh. Behind the scenes, man. So well, if was, Diego is the one who plugged everything up. You know, he's the one who introduced me to Easy. That's who introduced me to Easy
4: Wow. Yeah, he's he's credited heavy man. I'm I'm happy to hear you come on and hear somebody else give give Diego his props. And he's very successful uh, still to this you know to this day. Um, I you know I see him on on Twitter and, and he's still doing a lot uh, today. So I, I,
3: I haven't seen Diego in years, man. Like I said, after that most stuff of, of came about, all relationships with with left. But Diego was a good guy, man. He was a young guy, you know. He had a lot of uh, you know a lot of energy, you know. I thought he was he was gonna make it, you know what I mean? But you know, once people get on, man, you know, it's gonna try to hide that. That door won't swing open. You know what I mean. Sometimes people bring people with them. Sometimes they leave people behind. You know what I mean. Yeah,
4: now you're still in
3: Cleveland. I I
4: know that there's other mo thugs in Cleveland. Uh, guys like K Chill are still in Cleveland. Uh, do, do you ever cross paths with you know, um, and, you know any of these these other you know these other acts that you used to work with? Of course. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I you know. You know, I see 350 all the time. You, you ever heard of 350 from the Face Mob?
4: Yeah.
3: Okay, that was my first female artist. I, I see her all the time. I see Kate Chill every blue moon. I run across Kate Chill. You know, I don't see Kermit no more. I don't see Diego no more. You know, all yeah. the you know, Grey Art I be at CN, still talk all the time. Uh, too true, I talk to him every day. Um, you know, Tony Tone, he's a preacher now. Uh, Trey, they you know they doing pretty good now, you know they, you know they, I see I I stay in touch with everybody. going ask I, you just to, uh, go ahead, John.
6: I I was just curious about um how, it just dawned on me: how did Flesh get so good at rapping without all the Bone Enterprise practice? Right, because we you know we saw Bone Enterprise practice on that album, but then Flesh comes on the Creeping on a Up album, and it sounds like he had been rapping his whole life. Um, did you record Flesh back in the day prior to Two True at all? Or does anybody record no, Flesh? Like how I did Flesh get his only
3: time I, the only time I ever recorded fret Flesh was on Two Hits and Pass on my album, on a two do two female album. That's the only time I ever recorded Flesh. And and when he came in with that style that he came with, it was so crazy, you know we um, had to we had to try to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? That was one of my hardest recording sessions ever. But once we finished with it, it came out perfect. You know what I mean? We had to do a lot of studio work on it, though. Yeah, what, yeah. Uh, I seen
6: fans want to know about that. Like, what was that two hits and pass recording session like? Because that verse by Flesh
3: is so crazy. Like, what What was all that? Was, that? Man, that was like one of the funnest sessions. Man, everybody was two hits and their passed. Oh. It makes and they it <laughs> They was recording. We recorded it as we was doing it. You know what I mean? So it was like coming off the top of people. It, all the raps here was actually coming off the top of their heads.
4: Wow! Wow! And
6: flesh and flesh rap last That's why his was his was the most influenced. So. And, and we kind of
3: reversed a little bit here and there. I mean, we just flesh. The way flesh recorded it is the way it sounded. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It sounded it sounded crazy, right? It does. And it sounded it sounded crazy when he was recording. <laughs> wow! Fans yeah.
4: fans love that verse because I mean it's like you said it's it's fucking crazy the way the way it comes across and the way it sounds and
5: the two true album. I mean, I, mean, oh, yeah. I, I was
4: gonna, I was gonna say the two true album. You know, I mean it, it had flesh. You know, of course you guys had no Thug features, Ken Dogs on there a couple times. Um, you know, Tombstone. I, I know that uh, you know, uh Jazz and Bring both said they really liked working with um Graveyard Shift and Tombstone. Uh one of the songs that I think that Bone fans miss a lot, j just, just off the strength of of the Bone feature, is the song So High because that 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 song it has a classic feel and, and I feel like they're they're some of the best crazy lazy uh features that that happened especially during that time and uh it, it's too bad that 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 song's kind of slept on you, you know how how do you feel about that track Cause I, I feel like that's one of the best okay home features now,
3: now, i didn't know i didn't do that track i don't mistaken. i think romeo did that track i oh, think really? you know, i think crazy Bo came up with a sample but I think Romeo remake that song, I'm not sure. But I didn't do that track. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do Summertime. I did the whole album except for Summertime and So High. But Crazy Bo came up with the concept of So High. Yeah, I think that's they they had a really And you know, and, really and, and, and to be honest music. with you, that was one of my favorite songs too. You know, I I I I really did like that So High song.
6: I, I had blacked out one night listening to the True, True True album. It was like a long day at work, and I woke up right on Flesh's verse on Two Hits and Pass, and I thought I was still in my dream. I, I thought I was having like a, a really bizarre nightmare. And then like years <laughs> later, I realized that happened. I was like, did that really happen? And I went back and listened to the song. I, I thought it was like a false memory. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah man. It, I, it's
3: I, it's I said, well, That, that I one
0: thought,
3: was a demonic shit, man. I don't know where he came with that. He just he came in the studio, we we not high, and he 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 came with that verse. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even written down.
4: You know, when I look at the the two true, and and I am one of the exceptions to the rule, which you know I I have a uh, copy of New Breed of Female in it, and I've probably had this. I'm, I'm going to be 35 this year. I've had this copy of the CD since probably sometime in my uh, late teens. Um, you know, it, I I remember having it, and, and even back then feeling like a lot went into it. You know, I saw the video. I thought the Mo Thug videos, were, all of the Mo Thug videos, Put uh, Leather Cussler's videos, um, the Two True video, I thought they were shot really nicely. Uh, even you that know,
3: the... Christopher Robertson shot our video. I don't know if you're familiar with Christopher Robertson, but our video was his very first video he ever shot. You know, wow. that was the very first video Christopher Robinson ever shot. And now he made the movie Atlanta, ATL, Belly, yeah. um, all, them, all them rap movies Christopher Robinson made the movies. But my video was his very first video he ever shot. If D- you got... Did you
4: have a lot to do with it? Huh? D- did you have a lot to do with, like, the actual video, like, um... You know the treatment for it, planning out the story and and everything. Um, oh yeah, you, know. we,
3: we, 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 you mean for balling Saucer? Yeah, we we did that. The, we, we did that off the top of our heads. We called like if you look at the video, we called all our friends in the hood to come with their cars. Yeah. You know, the the car you see me driving in the video that's my actual car. That was <laughs> my my actual car. You know what I mean? So we we did this, the video off the top of our heads. We just came. We just sat outside and came up with an idea, yeah. and then we told Christopher Robinson the idea, and that's how we shot the video. Who were who the
4: kids at the beginning of the video that, that you're talking to when you're talking the car?
3: <laughs> that was kids. Yeah. After, one of them was Jazz's jazz daughter, her actual daughter, and a little boy was just a little boy off the street. We was going to use my son, but my son didn't want to do it, so we just found a little boy off the street.
6: If you guys would have uh, filmed the video for Are You Ready, would you have done the same thing, just kind of freestyled it, or do you think you would have planned it out? And what what would that yeah, video well, have see, looked like?
3: See, Are You Ready was supposed to have been a, a big video. You know, that's because now we got money. Now the money coming, in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Blame Blame, you know, we was going to have the scripts wrote for it. We was going to have it, you know, made it like a, a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you guys ever
6: shoot around any ideas though? Like, like.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. We had a whole script wrote. They wrote the whole script too. So. But. Wow. Uh. Lazy, you no, know, beside not. Lazy, decided beside the droppers before the second video. Do you remember anything from the
6: script at all? Like, just so we could okay. in our minds imagine what it would look like.
3: Yeah, we was gonna be all right. The, the beginning of the script, we was gonna be flying into Cleveland. You know, we just came in from California kind of from. Recording a Mo album, the Molta Family union album, so we was gonna be flying into Cleveland to celebrate with our friends. You know what I'm saying? We' done got paid, you know we're gonna get some limos, you know we're gonna hit the parties, we' gonna hit the clubs, you know it was just gonna be a party song let them let Cleveland, let the world though are you all ready for Cleveland, you know what I'm saying. we was gonna show a lot of we was gonna bring a lot of intros i mean you know show a lot of faces of people that came out of Cleveland like MC Brains, you know, it was a couple of artists that just came out of Cleveland. So we wanted yeah. to do cameos with them. You know, we was going to make it a big video, a big, a big thing, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> we should have did that first. We should have <laughs> did that first. Well, so I got some I questions just...
4: on my sheet that, that didn't, didn't really seem to um, fit anywhere. Uh, so I, I guess I'm kind of going to ask them here, um, you know, kind of at the end and, and see where they fit. But you know, I was watching a, a Two True interview. Uh, they they were on Set Gang TV together. Um, oh Saturday yeah, weekend. yeah, yeah. And th- they had said that there was a member of Mothug that they just didn't fuck with. Uh, th- do you know who they might have been talking about when they when they said that? They said, "Say that one more time." They, they said that uh they they asked um the, the interviewer asked you know who their favorite member was to to work with and they and they both actually said uh you know that tombstone uh, they both really liked to work with uh and then the interviewer asked, you know was there any member of Motg that you didn't like to work with and uh one of them said that there was a a member of Mothug that they absolutely didn't fuck with and that that they were a bitch uh and, and i was just wondering if you may have known who they were talking about why that situation was like that
3: no nah, I, I wouldn't know that because you know you, you talk about two females man so yeah you know it could be it could be anybody you know they didn't tell me who it cuz i was always the one who was the peacemaker you know hey y'all let's do this let's make this happen but you know they artists you know the females they artists and, yeah. You know, if if they got treated the wrong way, if people looked at them the wrong way, they they had animosity towards them. But I don't know who it. I I didn't know who it was about thugs because actually, Mo Thugs was like a big family. I'm talking about the Mo Thug one. I'm yeah. not talking about all the other Mo Thugs. I'm talking about the first Mo Thug. That was like a big family. You know what I mean? It's I'
4: really the impression you got. Thug Devotion, when when you see the video like Thug Devotion, I mean, that's really how I think as a fan we really felt about the Mo Thugs family is that, th- you know, this is real. These are really people that, you know, that are around each other. I mean, this really is a family is how that's you feel how when it, you that's that. How,
3: that's how it used to be before the fame. Before the, before the fame, we all was together. Everybody used to come to the basement and record. We would go to the parks and cook out. Uh, we'd go to our shows. It was, it was a family, but once the fame came, you know, it wasn't a family no more.
4: It, it was business. I got a couple questions. Oh, John, you you got something for him?
6: Yeah, I was going to say when when things were great for both of us, when everybody was family, everybody was together. Did you guys ha- envision together long term plans like? what kind of things were you going through your mind on things that you were going to be able to accomplish on the idea that everybody's going to stay together and everybody's going to be friends before. Things now, this, is,
3: bad. this was the plan. The plan was Bone was going to start this label and everybody was going to eat. You know what I'm saying? We all was going to live, you know, make money together, you know, be able to put on the whole city. Our plan was to, uh, could have put on the whole city, all the artists in the city that was actually doing something. We was Our plan was to put them on, but that never happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that plan never came through. Like the first initial motor that you saw, that was just the first wave. It was supposed to be a lot of different artists coming out of Cleveland, but it never happened. So the vision was to build a, a, a Rufus Records, a Rufus Records in Cleveland but only make it better. You know what I'm saying? And instead of having just N.W.A. as an artist, you're going to have two True, You're going to have Poetic Hustlers. You're going to have Fair Yard You're going to have Trey. You're going to have, you know, every every kind of genre of music was going to come from most of the records. You know what I mean? Makes sense, you know, yeah. I, a question
4: that, um I, I you know, I've kind of always wanted to ask, uh. A- anybody connected to mo thugs and and i'll tell you i talk about asking this question a lot and i've, I've never asked anybody this question um and i and i mean it with the the most respect and and I've, and I've decided to ask you because you know your your retelling of the story has just been uh has been really good and, and, and i think that you'll be able to give the most perspective so you know i i've heard from just listening to interviews and, and even doing, you know, the interviews that we've done, um, there, there's obviously a lot of feelings uh, towards Bone. And, uh, and and a lot of it, of course, is around money, uh, handling of, of the business, handling of the label. And, you know, so, sometimes I hear, you know, real bad things, you know, about Bone. I, I, is it possible that these guys were just, you know, really young and and didn't know how to handle this label. They bit off more than they could chew. Of course, they they weren't in a great label situation themselves. They signed kind of bad deals. So their example going into Ruthless wasn't that good Uh, and going into Mo Thug's off of Ruthless. Um, Did these guys just bite off more than they could chew by by starting this label this early on?
3: No, I don't think they bit off more than they could chew. I think they wouldn't expect the snakes that was, was sitting waiting on them. See, when you're dealing with money, you know, you got a lot of snakes hidden out there waiting to get to that money. You know what I mean? And when Bone, when Easy died, that left Bone open. That left Bone open to everybody that wanted to come into their camp and try to manipulate them. You know what I mean? When Bone first started, when when Steve first started, I I think his intentions was honest. You know, I think he really had a vision on really making this happen. But when you got them snakes coming in, and, you know, what I mean by snakes, I'm talking like Steve LaBelle, you know, people that's coming in, you know, telling them, man, y'all don't need this guy. Y'all don't need this guy. You know, y'all could do this without him. Y'all could do it without him. They giving them all the wrong information. That's that's when most of them turned. You know what I'm saying? That's when it wasn't a family group no more. You know what I mean? But I think in the beginning, Lazy Bone had good intentions. You know, like, I don't think he bit off more than he could chew. I just think they 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 wasn't aware of what was coming behind all that money, and they let they let them people influence them. You understand what I'm getting at? Lazy wasn't a bad guy, man. He wasn't a bad guy at all. Matter of fact, you know, I still think he's a good dude, man. But, you know, business decisions, money, that play a lot in the way you, when you deal with it. First of all, you got to look at these guys. They came from nothing. They they, they used to even have a change of clothes. So if you give them a million-dollar check, and you ain't got the right people in the ear saying, hey, "Man, you know you gotta pay this person, you gotta pay this person, you gotta pay your attorneys, you gotta pay the label." You know, if you ain't got that type of person in your ear, and you seventeen, eighteen years old, what you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? The first thing you gonna do when you get that million dollar check, you gonna go buy everything that you wanted. So, by the time you finish buying everything you want, you don't have no more money to pay people. You know what I'm saying? And that's when yeah. most of that's when most started going to the left. I think, I can't say for sure, but it was a different, a different, uh, it was a difference. After we did that, most one album, then after we started doing the two two album, the relationships started changing. People didn't like you know people were fighting each other, pulling guns on each other. I mean, everything started changing, so the label was crumbling during the first month of You know what I'm saying? That's when the label wow. started crumbling. You know what I mean? And, you know, then you had the, both the to bone, the bone shit going on at the same time. They would be recording Art of War. You know, their relationship ain't the best. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was kind of a fucked up feeling towards the end, man, because you didn't know how shit was going to turn out. You know what I mean? You know, Mm -hmm. everybody's mind going different ways. You know what I'm saying? The business crumbled, man. It wasn't no more business. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no more business. It was just us recording and and hoping that we going to get paid.
4: It was interesting to hear you refer to, you know, the situations as like uh, snakes, um, I, I remember in in 2000, so you know we're talking years after you guys are out of Mo thugs now, and uh, they they dropped the Resurrection album, and on the song Can't Get a, Can't Give It Up, uh, Crazy Bone says, you know, we was taken by the snake in the grass, and and he ends the verse by saying our family reunion turned into a family crisis, and uh, he he seems to. Share a lot of the same opinions that that even you know you guys as former Mo thugs had. I, I've always thought it was interesting the the contrast between how the Mo thugs feel and how you know even Crazy Bone seemed to feel uh, about the Mo thugs split up. Did did you hear did you hear that song? Do you know the track I'm talking about?
3: Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I still listen to their music, but it, it was just Mo Thug was fine. When Lazy first started it, was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. But then when you had Steve O'Bell Bill surface, when you had all these other people, man, they had this guy that shine, He was a manager. You know, you had all this girl named Lisa. She was a manager. Man, when all these different managers started coming in, man, it, it he started stealing all the money, and the artist never wanted to get a dollar. Man, the artist wasn't getting a dollar, man. And that's when things started going wrong. I mean, because you know you had these artists coming in from California, man, from being gone for four, or five months, and and they are been five months without being paid rent. You know what I mean? And then they coming home to their families without a dollar.
4: And you guys are all touring. I mean, I've I've heard that most thugs toured, exp- you know, in in
3: oh man, we were man, we you we had poor
4: yeah, when, yeah when when you when you guys were doing the tours, like didn't didn't you guys tour during Art of War with Bone and stuff? Man,
3: we did we did two two tours. We did two tours, and we was totally got paid for the tours, but we never got paid for. You know what I'm saying? For so neither one. So you no. know, we, you we, know we, we, I was I was I was hustling on the tours. So you know I was taking care of True True because you know I was doing my thing. It was like. I was on a block, you know what I'm saying? But were
4: they taking care of, uh, like, travel and accommodations for you guys, or did you even have to, like, get show-to-show show and hotel-to-hotel and hotel on your own?
3: No, no, the, the label took care of the hotels, and they gave us a diem. We got a diem every week of $200. We got paid $200 a week. But we we did 58 cities.
4: You guys were only getting the two hundred a week and that and that was it. You guys didn't see like a piece of uh merchandise or anything like that.
3: Man, we didn't even get a pair of clothes. We didn't get uh, uh nothing. Man, I used to I had to pay by my girls' clothes out of my pocket. You know what I'm saying? I am saying Because, you know, they was washing their clothes out the sink. They was washing their clothes wow. tray, tray, you know, all they were was washing their clothes in the sink and then the next show there... Put the same clothes
4: on. Now, after Mo Thug, you you know you you've done now three albums with Amarchi. Uh You leave Mo Thug. I I think I remember seeing after you left Mo Thug that you opened your own studio in Cleveland. Is that right?
3: Well, I always had my own studio. I had my stu- own studio since nineteen eighty nine. The whole I time. Yeah, I always had yeah, always a studio. I I never went without a studio. Was, was the you know, demand
4: from higher the whole, than ever? From the whole
3: Mo Thugs from, from beginning to, to the day. <laughs> I always had my own studio.
4: Was, was the demand higher than ever for, you know, local artists to want to work with you after you had left Mo Thugs and, and you were real accessible? No,
3: actually it declined because everybody thought that I was ripped off the artist. <laughs> everybody thought I was the crew. You know right. what I'm saying?
0: You know, everybody.
3: Everybody thought I got paid and took all the money and ran, but I never made. I never made one penny. I never made wow. one penny. I never. I never received a
4: check from Motor. Never. I see all the time. Bone Bone still comes back to to Cleveland. I I still see. You know, you had mentioned Rob J. Jay. Rob J. is still in Cleveland. Uh, he, you know, he's active there. Bone is in Cleveland quite a bit. Any. Any crossover between you and Bone uh, since your fallout, or do you you have contact with any of the Bone members at this point?
3: Well, I just talked to Lazy, like, maybe a month or two ago, maybe two months ago. I finally got a chance to talk to Lazy after, let's say, about four or five years, ten years or something. I finally got a chance to talk to him. And when I talked to him, I told him, thank you, man. You You know, I... I think he thought I was mad at him because we never got paid. But I actually, I was grateful, man, for the opportunity to to see and do the things that I did because I never thought that shit would ever happen. You know what I mean? I never thought in a million years that we would have got that opportunity, have the opportunities to do that anyway. So when well, I did talk to Lady. You know, I thanked him. I thanked him for the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't have to come back and get none of us. He could have just said, fuck us all. But he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, was, I, I, was, uh, I was upset about all the work I did, all the money I missed. But after years and years and years, man, of griping and being bad, you know, eventually, man, you got to let that shit go, man. And you got to be thankful for what you did, see. You know what I mean?
4: When I, I saw Bone, they they came back to Cleveland. I think it was on their maybe was it their twenty year reunion, John. Uh, that they that they did the reunion concert and they had Ken Dog and Soldier Boy and stuff on stage. Um, were 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 you were you around for that? Uh, did did or were at that point were you still no, far no, no. away from it? They
3: don't they don't reach out to me no more. They they you know, they really don't reach out to Two true no more, period, to the girls or me. You know, they still was reaching out to Ken Dog. I don't know how Tony boy got part of that, but, you know, I saw he was a part of it. And more still still around them, too. But, no, they don't reach out to, like, Ken, me. You know, they don't reach out to us no more. I haven't hey, heard I from you. them. I haven't heard from them. You know, like I said, I heard from ladies either couple months ago but before that, I haven't heard from Lazy in ten, fifteen years.
4: Your your conversation with Lazy Bone, I mean, do you feel like that that left you if if you were to never speak to Lazy Bone again in your life, do you feel like that left you guys in a in a good place with each other?
3: I don't know whether it left us in a good place with each other, but it left me in a good place. You know what I'm saying?
4: Because I had a
3: chance to get that off my chest. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, good. Good. That's good, man. I'm I'm glad to hear that. No one wants to walk with uh, 20, 20 years of weight on their shoulders. So you know, anytime you can get relief in in any of that situation, it's great to hear. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you, you taking the time to to tell us your story. Before I wrap up with you, I, you know, I don't know if you're aware, there's a very active uh, fan community um, online called the BTNH board, and we posted up that we were doing an interview with you, uh, and and just asked if any of the fans had questions. So I'm just going to shoot a, a couple of those um, at you. And, and there's a variety. Take One of them, and and I love this one. I, I noticed this one uh, just from paying attention to you. Dave Oswald wants to know: Have you have you ever made it to Myrtle Beach for Bike Week? He, he looks. He said uh, he knows that you're part of a, a club and that you ride a bike. And he want to know if you'd ever made it to Myrtle Beach. Oh yeah,
3: my club is called Boogie Down, and we we like one of the biggest clubs in the world. You know, we got twenty five chapters, and I'm the national vice president of the chapters. So you we know, don't we got chapters from Cleveland to Texas. So yes, I do go to Black Pearl Beach a lot. <laughs> I didn't go this year though, but I usually make it
4: down there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I my my dad has been in a a, a club where I live for uh, over thirty years. I always noticed, um, you know, when people are in clubs, and I noticed that you were, and and I thought it was great. It's great to hear that you make it to uh, to Myrtle Beach. Uh, Matt Richmond wanted to know if we're ever going to see, a, you know, a new Two True and Archie project come out, and and if we are, when that's going to happen. I mean,
3: I think so. You know, it has, you know. You gotta get people you know, people still trying to get their lives together. So they're not really too much thinking about recording no more, but they still record. You know, like me and Jazz, we was in school together, we did some, some music education in school like a year ago. So we still we still talking about recording and we got a lot of songs that we're gonna release that never been heard before. I mean we got like I say, too true Truth got hundreds of songs that never been heard before. Uh, so, yes, a yes, they will hear another 2
4: trooper project. A question Jerome Green had was, well, you guys were in no thugs. Were you involved with any of the beasts that
3: Bone had with Chicago
4: artists?
3: No. No, we, we didn't intertwine with each other. Bone kept everybody pretty much separate from each other. One of the um,
4: one of the things that that I had wanted to ask, and and we just kind of lost in the shuffle, you know, where where did the two true name come from, and, and you know, who came up with that, and, and you know, some, <laughs> that's a
3: good question. That? That's a good question. All right, two True, You know, actually, two True started with just jazz. It was jazz, but jazz. You know, it, it, she was just called jazz. She wasn't called two True. so she needed a partner. So I had another female that I used to come around, they used to buy music, and that was Brina. So, you know, Brina had a strong voice. I used to think she had a strong voice. So I told Jasmine, you know, maybe you and Brina should link up. You know what I'm saying? So they linked up, and they started throwing music together. So we said, you know, we came up with the concept that we need to come up with a name. And I said, you know, because y'all are too good to be true. And I thought about it like, whoa, wait a minute. That's the name, and they were like, "What?" I was like, "Too true, too good to be true," and that's what Too True stands for. Too good to be true. Oh, that's dope.
4: That's that's a good story. I'm glad I I'm glad I asked that. I've I've always wondered where that came from. I th- I thought that you know to be honest, I always thought that name was just hard as fuck. I was like, that's a that's a that's a tough name, especially for you know two females to have. Too true. I, I always thought that just kind of made them you know, pretty hard. Yeah, Master,
3: pretty Master P tried to sue us for that name because we had the name True, but he couldn't see Finally, he couldn't sue us because I had the name first. know, so I had the name since 1980, 80, 80, I think it was 88, 89. So, um, and, you know, the way you had to prove it is you had to have music dating back that far, and I had music dating back that far that was copyrighted. It,
4: but I yeah, think I, 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 I thought there was, was there a No Limit Mo Thug tour. Did you guys ever cross over with with them? With, who? with 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 No Limit.
3: Yeah, yeah, we 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 called you know we came together about that that name, that truth, that true name.
4: But yeah, but did, did, did they, you guys? I thought, I
3: was, I,
4: I thought yeah. there was some sort of tour between Mo Thugs and and No Limit. Did you guys ever do shows with them when when you were with Mo Thug?
3: No, no, we never did shows with them. But Lazy never did shows with them once they recorded their song together.
5: When
4: okay. Master P
3: and Lazy recorded their song together, they yeah. did they did some shows together after that. But we, I never did a show with with Master P. Too true, true. Never did a show with Master P. Okay. I,
6: on the song Ballers Flossin, does it does uh Jazz say Master P blowing up noise from that exhaust? Is she actually saying Master P, or is it? Or am I misinterpreting?
3: the line. No, no, that's what she said. But she she think you know, how we bumped the Master P music in our food going, you know, riding up the street.
6: Makes sense. That that's what I always thought she was saying. Okay, good. I'm glad to have that verified. Actually, it just seemed yeah. kinda of weird. I was like, Master P <laughs> no, okay. I guess they listen to Master P a lot, which I did too. So I thought that was kinda of cool, I related
3: to it. And you know <laughs> like Dad yeah, Master J, he was real cool. He he really loved show, you know what I'm saying? And I was I was actually going to Harvard and record some tracks with the day when he died. Well. <clears> oh, <throat> I mean I had a history of people dying on me. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, and that uh, the, the way that Jazz and uh, and Brina flu- flowed off each other, how like each of the verses kind of blended, it, like it was yeah. almost like both of them. Like, was that your idea, their idea, and and how it seemed like they had yeah, that, that was, mastered. That, that,
3: that was from a producer standpoint. you know I used to like to hear different, like different styles. So you know I would tell do it like do a style like this. You know what I'm saying? Make it sound like y'all are one person or you know we we would just experiment with styles. You know what I'm saying? Like you would hear two true rap one kind of way, then you would hear rap another kind of way. That's because we would just experiment with styles. We didn't mm-hmm. want people to think that two true was one dimensional. You know what right. I'm saying? And they That's could sing, she... right? Or one of them could sing. Oh yeah, jazz could sing her, head. man. Jazz could sing ass so. she, she did that acapella, the the opening acapella. Yes. Oh no no, with that two two acapella. Oh. No, yeah. that was that was that was. You ever heard of a group called Flourish? Yes. yeah, absolutely. That's we gave them a break off that song.
4: Wow Oh <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's awesome yeah wow okay that's
3: it's a lot of cool. it's, a, it, it's a lot of story to tell and it never gets told on on an interview you know it's a story man it's a it's a beautiful story it's a crazy story it's a sad story but it's a story you know what i'm saying man mo Thug was a it was a beautiful movie man i'm not gonna even lie to you it's I remember the first day he was thinking about. It, I cried because I couldn't believe that it was could have happened like this. But it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful movement. But when you let snakes in them gardens, man. They tear your shit up. You know what I'm saying. And, and that was a lesson I learned. It, actually,
6: it, it, it's a it's a shame that things didn't work out because it it was such a fun time just Mo Thugs learning all you guys meeting all you guys like not in person but through your music and then to just kind of like have it go away was
3: it was just a shame and if you yeah, listen I mean, to our music you would see it's a story the music is a story in itself you know that's what all the Mo Thugs was about it was a story so if you actually sit back and listen to the music especially the New Breed Female app it's a story it's telling you a story you know what I mean you just got to listen to it, listen to it from beginning to end, and you will hear the story. You will hear the whole Moat Dog movement in that one album.
4: Now, I know, Archie, that you said you, you, you've you had your studio, you still have your studio. Uh, I also saw recently that you opened a brand-new business. Do, do you want to tell listeners about the, the new venture that you're, you're in?
3: Oh, my hot dog said, yeah, Arch Dogs. Yeah, I got a, you know I'm doing hot dogs. Now you know my favorite food is chili dogs. So I <laughs> open up a I open up a chili dog stand. You know, so if you ever get Cleveland man, come down to see me. I'm on East six and Superior, man. Downtown Cleveland. You know, come down to see me and get a free hot dog on me. If y'all, I if, if you, right. if you if you if you if you're a fan of mine, if y'all listen to my music, say you're a fan, you got a free hot dog. Food on me. I, 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 always,
6: I, I always wondered if there's any legendary stories about Gordon Park. Um, cause
3: it's, <laughs> it's, it's
6: mentioned in, in Baller's Flossies, and yeah. I was like, man,
3: <laughs> Gordon Park. You it's know why like- we shot the video at Gordon Park? Because that's where we all, that's where everybody's hover at every Sunday. To this day, to this day, every Sunday, you're going to see everybody in the city of Cleveland at Gordon Park.
6: Is it, do they at least first go to Tony Tone's church and then go to the park? <laughs> or, hey,
3: I haven't been to Tony Tone, and I know Tony Tone probably stick at me, too. But I haven't been to his church yet. But he's, I do hear he's an excellent preacher, though. You know what I'm saying? He's an excellent preacher. And, you know, Tony Tone always been a good dude, man. He's always been a good dude. So I know he's a good preacher. You know what I mean? One day I'm going to visit his church, though, but I haven't been to his church yet. Make sure you do that at some point. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. totally. some of my fans, you know, he was a good man. All of them was good dudes, man. All of them, man. We had a beautiful time. I mean, if I could sit here and tell y'all all all the stories we had, man, all the shit we did together, man, y'all wouldn't even believe it, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all wouldn't even believe it. I tell my family, I tell my wife and kids these stories, and they still don't believe it. They be like, Dad, you ain't through that. I'm like, listen, I did a lot of stuff, man. I had a good time. It just, when it went bad, man, it it went from sugar to shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, wow.
4: You know, Archie, I was, you know, before you came on, we we do a lot of pre-work, a lot of pre-research, and you know, I noticed that you don't have a lot of interviews out there, and, and we felt uh, really honored to to know that you were going to come on and we were going to be able to be a platform to help share your story. Uh, is, there, is there anything that you want Bone fans to know? Is is there anything that, uh, you know, off of this interview that you would want to leave them with as far as your legacy or the Too True or Mo Thug legacy
3: that, that you know,
4: you just want to make sure that they know from your side? I mean, well, first
3: of all, you know, Bone, you know they they was exceptional people. Man, I saw it in them when they was kids, you know. So they got a cult following. So I wouldn't say nothing bad about them. You know what I mean? Because fans don't understand the bad part; they only understand the good part. You know what I mean? But it 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 was it was life is mixed with good and bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I listen to Bone to this day, man. I like that music. You know what I mean? I didn't like the business, but I liked the music. But to me, Bone was one of the best one of the best groups I ever heard besides my own groups. You know what I'm saying? Actually, they was my group, <laughs>
5: and,
3: and you know, it was a blessing to work with them, man. It was it was really a blessing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, from the guys I met from day one to the guys they became today, you know, I would have never believed it. You know what I'm saying? I would have never believed that it was a that we would have saw this much you know what i'm saying but from doing that bone stuff my name rings forever you know archie blaine always going to be associated with bone you know what i mean not just because of most of but because of bone itself you know what i mean so that was a, a, a privilege for me you know what i mean and i just hope people you know when they listen to the story they listen to it you know with different perspectives, you know what I mean, you know it wasn't always all good, you know sometimes it was bad, but that's how business goes, right i um
4: I really want to thank you man for for taking the time and and being our guest i it's It's been really cool to hear your view, like i said we you know we recently we had uh soldier boy um we're going to be interviewing Bobby Jones coming up. And, you know, everyone always has a different piece of the story to tell. And
3: Bobby, I Bobby more... Jones, man, he, he was a good dude, too. You know, I'm going to send shout-outs to Bobby Jones, man. Because, you know, he, he, he endured a lot also, but he came out on top. You know what I mean? I, I mean, actually, all the producers came out on top, except for me. <laughs> but that's the way the cookie from I'm going to say, too, yeah, we, I actually,
4: I interviewed Romeo for fucking nine hours, no shit, and uh, Romeo had amazing things to say about you, he, he, um, he continuously told me that, you know, you were just the, the backbone of that sound, and, you know, just that we really couldn't have bone if we wouldn't have had Archie, so, uh, but, you know, both those guys, anytime I, I discuss you with them, they, they always have great things to say, and, When when you were Romeo, Romeo was
3: a good dude, man. Ever since I first met Romeo, you know, he was a good dude, man. He was a pleasant guy. He didn't, he wasn't boisterous. He didn't come in trying to take over shit. No, he was just he played his role. You know what I'm saying? But he was a very talented dude, man. That was a very talented guy.
4: Did Did any of you guys like? I mean, did did you and uh, Bobby produce any tracks together? Or you and Romeo? Or did you kind of all work individually? Well.
3: Romeo told me, matter of <laughs> fact, this is another thing Romeo told me at the end that he did a lot of, uh, I guess, guitar playing and stuff. be- after, after, the fact, you know what I'm saying. But I didn't know nothing about it, you know, because that was some crazy bone did behind us. But you know, I would have loved to do something with Romeo and Bobby. You know, I never, we, we never collided on no tracks or nothing like that. But at that time, you know, everybody was like crabs in a pot. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I was just as much as wrong as everybody else because we was all just trying to get on. So I didn't want no help from Bobby. Bobby didn't want no help from me. Romeo didn't want no help from me. I didn't want no help from Romeo. So we, <laughs> man, we was just trying to get on. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what I saw. It kind of made and, that
4: competitive nature of who who can be the the, the best one and and who can produce the. No,
3: it wasn't really about who was the best because we never really had a chance to compete like that. It was just who going to get paid. You know right. what I mean? I, right. I, I think it was more or less who going to make some money, you know what I'm saying, versus who was the best. But, you know, but Romeo was, you know, he was very talented, man. And Bobby Jones, man, was man, super. Man, Bobby Jones was excellent, especially on the R&B, you know what I mean?
4: And it's funny. I was just I was just gonna wrap with you, Archie, but you made me think when you just said the R and B with Bobby Jones. Something that I've always wondered is it seemed like initially with Mo Thugs that Trey was gonna be the big push on on Mo Thugs, like like yeah. And, and I yes. and I figured that that came off the success of them opening the Crossroads video.
3: Trey, Trey. The only problem with Trey was. That I don't think Bone didn't wanted nobody to, to produce Trey. Trey needed producers that was actually already out there. You understand what I'm saying? They they needed real music, you know. Like my kind of music wasn't for Trey because my music was was rap music. You know what I'm saying? They needed right. they needed R and B. They needed something that was on. Somebody that was going to write songs for them and, you know, put good hooks on their music. And they didn't have that. And that's what happened with Trey. That's how they faded. Because they should have been on top. i a matter of fact Joe wanted Trey. My um, MC wanted to do something with Trey. You know, there was a lot of people who wanted to do something with Trey. But they never let them out to do that. You know what I mean?
4: But it's Trey should have and, and
3: had an album. They should have had their own album. They had the look, they had the concept, everything. But, again, you know, we talk about the typical Motor story.
4: Yeah. I was going to say, they, they didn't even make it to that second album. They they kind of fell out uh, before you guys even got to the, the family reunion. We, we stopped hearing
3: anything from them. Uh, yeah, there was, yeah, was a lot of personal things going on. I mean, you know, it, it, it affected them. You know what I'm saying? And and
4: you know, I, I think they were um highly revered from the Bone fans. Again, they you know, they opened the crossroads video, biggest biggest bone thugs video there is, and of course we that opening scene in the in the uh in the church and, and they and bullshit. singing.
3: They um, did tell right. the devotion. they did take your time. I mean you know, those girls man, they just they did another thing too. Ain't nobody has no managers. There was no managers allowed on set. You know what I'm saying. Trey tried to get a manager, but you know they had to get rid of their manager. So did nobody has no direction. It was no direction. You know, the only person that had any kind of any kind of insight on anything was me, and they thought that I was the, the 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 one trying to hurt them. You know what I'm saying? So they really kept me in the dark for everything. You know what I mean?
4: As far as management, then it was it was basically just uh, you guys kind of followed Bone's lead then because nobody had a manager to to do anything else.
3: But no, I we never followed Bone's lead. We we followed our own lead. We did our own thing. But yeah, most it's of the artists, artists like, did follow. Maltug. Yeah, yeah, the most of the artists did. They followed Bone, and that was the wrong way to follow because Bone was artist, and if you know anything about being an artist. You can't be an artist and have a man- have an artist because you want to be just as good as your artist. You know what I mean? Just like Bone said, ain't hey, nobody going to be better than Bone. So you can't manage some people, but you don't want nobody to be better than
4: you. You know what I mean? Yeah. In,
3: in in
6: that, hey, huh? I, was, I was just going to ask, are you, are you going to see Sons of St. Clair, the documentary that they're coming out with, the movie?
3: I'm not, um, I'm up in the air father, because, you know, I want to see the real story. I want to see, you know, what really happened. You know what I'm saying? I know what really happened. And that's the story that they should tell. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a real good story. You know what I'm saying? It's a superstar story, man. I mean, I don't know why they don't tell the whole story. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's a, Money reasons or something—I don't know—but the real story, man, is a, a a story that should be told because if they, if people actually do what Bone went through, what they came through, what they what they accomplished, man, there's there's a super a superstar story, man. You know what I'm saying? It's it's an unbelievable it, an unbelievable story. Unbelievable. It, it is, but and... Are, and, and, and you know but you I, I have tell you to that's... tell the whole story you' have to tell and if y'all piece all these little, all these little interviews y'all piece them together, and you all will get a real story
4: yeah, exactly i mean that you you hit the nail right on the head as to to why we did this you know we we are longtime fans uh, you know John's been a fan since ninety four I think I've been a fan since ninety five um and and over the years as you are personally invested in, in the music as a fan and you see the changes in things like mo thugs and even the sound and even the group itself it, it leads you wanting to know more about it and I, and I will say that when you say you know the whole story needs to be told uh it is true you you know you don't get that good without the you know some of this bad and the whole thing makes a story and that's you know that's that's why we had to do this. We had to make sure that there was a platform so people like you were being heard, uh, you know, Soldier Boy, Romeo, uh and, and you know man, we, we interview even uh we've had everyone on from the, the guy that drew the Grim Reaper on Faces of Death to you know right right up to you know interviewing you. So we try
3: to cover everything. I think we covered well, a, a... Well you see people think that we bitter. You know like the fans, football fans and all that and i and I really want you to make sure you mention this. People think that we bitter, we're not bitter, you know I mean, both of us ain't bitter, you know they live it they live in their lives now you know they was they were upset, they was you know disappointed, but ain't nobody bitter, you know because at, fir- because at first know first day there was an opportunity of a lifetime and we and we did it, you know what I mean, but. Life goes on, man. And people live, and you know we gotta keep living our lives. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm really excited about uh, what they did in life. You know what I mean? But would I redo this again? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? I I thought I wouldn't do it again. You know, I I wouldn't go this route no more. I learned my lesson. But I'm not bitter at all. You know, I appreciate what Bob did. I appreciate what relativity did. You know, there's some things I didn't like about it, but that's life. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and everybody is beautiful, man. And, you know, True Truth doing great. Boy Hussin doing great. Sin, he's still doing good. Trade they really doing good. You know, everybody is living their lives again. You know what I'm saying?
4: Archie, once again, man, I, I want to thank you for coming on and and being our guest. I, I really hope you know we can have you on again. I I feel like uh, even in the two hours we had you on, that we still got a lot, a lot we can talk about. Uh, but I want to thank you for for being our guest and and sharing your story. Like I said, I I didn't see that um, there was a lot of interviews out there with you, so so I felt this was a rarity that that we were able to get you there's in a, here. This is
3: this is the first interview I did in twenty. 20- some years.
4: Wow. Thank you very much, man. Thank you very much for, for selecting us and, and letting us be that platform. That's uh that that means a hope, lot and to and me. And, and,
3: and I hope y'all you know, appreciated the story, man, because that's a, what I told y'all was the truth. That was from how it went out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. K I, KQ, I, KQ, KQ told y'all pretty much I went, that was pretty accurate. You know what I'm saying? Soldier Boy pretty much told you you know, like I say, when you get you a chance, listen to all the interviews, and then you'll hear the whole story. You know what I mean? Like Diego Black and all them names, you know, put them all together, and then you'll hear the real story. Yeah. And it's a beautiful story, man. You know, Bono, man, they surpassed what everybody thought, man. You know what I'm saying? They did the unthinkable. <laughs> they did the unthinkable, man.
4: And they're still here. 20, 25 years and, and they're still here. They're
3: still, they're torn, still here. They're still doing their thing. It's beautiful, man. But I think they should tell a real story. I think they should tell, you know, like that biopic and all that. That's cool. But they should tell a story. They should tell a story of how, you know, how hard it was for them to get where they at. Then people might understand the story while how they messed up the money, they yeah, understand how you know all that went about, you know you don't want people to think they was crooks because they, I don't think it turned out to be like that. you know it's just circumstances, you know what I'm saying and'm not, like... not speaking I'm not speaking of form, I'm just speaking for what I know because you know I had time to sit back and look at it myself. I'm one of the victims, but I understand you know what I'm saying
4: at peace with it. So it sounds like uh you're you're a man at peace with, with this situation.
3: Oh yeah, man. I'm I'm beautiful right now, man. I like I said I got a motorcycle club, I got my life going on and I had a chance to witness, you know, a legacy. I'm part yeah. of a
4: legacy. And be
3: part of it, yeah.
4: Your name your name is for uh no, no matter what happens tomorrow uh, your your name will live on forever in a legacy that, that now continues. You know, Their Bones kids are making music now, and they're continuing the legacy, and, and your
3: name will live forever
4: in this. Exactly.
3: And if nothing else, right, get nothing else out of the deal, I got that out of it. You know what I mean? Yes, sir.
4: Archie, once again, I want to thank you for coming on and being our guest on Beyond the Harmony, my brother, and,
3: and I hope you have a great I appreciate talking evening. to you all, and you all have a good evening, too. Have a good it's one. Alright, peace. Johnny. Johnny. I
6: got, I got pages and pages. I my notepad, I <laughs> ran out of pages on my notepad.
4: <laughs> Taking notes
6: the whole time. So, I, um
4: <laughs> first, you know, I'm a, I'm just gonna say we're the guy's first fucking interview, bro. I'm I'm I am uh you know, Two True's done interviews. I'm sure I'm sure he's had opportunities to do these interviews. Um I'm I'm humbled that he that he hasn't you know made the choice to do an interview and our platform means something to people and and I think you can tell that and uh man we, we just heard a fucking incredible story bro. I'm I I know at the end of every one of them I'm like I'm blown away but I, I am man. It 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 pulled me in.
6: Well, and at the very end there, we discovered that unintentionally the story, the real story that a lot of the people we talk to want to have happen is happening live on this show each week. So that's the good yeah. part. And we didn't even we didn't even think of that. We didn't even intend on that. And it's funny because each time we've heard that, like that the real story needs to be told, you know, my mom, I'm like, yeah, it'd be really cool if it was like a Netflix uh, multiple season thing about bone thugs and milk thugs. And then I'm like, yeah, but it's actually happening on Beyond the Harmony unintentionally. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. At least, at least the side is getting told, so, and and it's happening at the same time as Sons of St. Clair and the biopic and all that. So it, it's good that at least this platform's there, and that the stories are getting told uh, in one way or another. It's not going to be a nice, glamorous movie, but at least it's here on Beyond the Harmony.
4: It's it's happening in front of you guys. You guys are hearing it um, and the support is amazing uh we are as of this recording, we are literally one subscriber short of seven hundred subscribers uh you know I, I I'll tell you guys if you love this show, make sure you're you're sharing it i i can't I can't tell you guys for me and John as the host, how much a share. Uh, helps us help get the word out. Help get the word out. Help you know help us make sure that that this is big enough that we can fuel to keep doing this. Because I don't want to just do one interview with Archie. I, I could I could interview that guy three four fucking times. And we we need the platform to support that. And and that's where you know you guys come in. Make sure you're sharing our videos. Make sure you are letting people know. Um here's, it's it's only gonna get better from here. Uh you look at what we've done and it's amazing. Soldier Boy, Romeo, K chill, Archie Blaine, bro. Uh, you know, even even interviews like Capone and, and Shutterboy, you know, I learned a lot from Julio, it's only gonna get better from here. Um shout out Jason Bibb, shout out Blaze, um Shout
6: out to Aaron uh, Pornell. Oh, damn,
4: I There's been been so many. I can't believe how many there's been already, already. And,
6: and, you know, and I'll say this too. A a lot of times, you know, sometimes information comes out that it's not always, you know, all the way positive. Sometimes it may be quasi-negative. But there's nothing that would ever stop me from being a Bone thugs and harmony fan for life. And I have, you know, friends and family members that, you know, Sometimes there's things that happen I don't am not fully happy about, but I don't stop loving them, and yeah. and I'll never stop loving Bone. And I don't mind hearing any of this because I love all of them. And, and I remember this. It was uh, I had a friend, and his he took me out to to meet his future wife, and I said to her, I said, "Hey, you know everything right now is all fun and happy, but you got to make sure you love the dark side of my friend right here because you're marrying both the good and the bad." So make sure you also love the bad, and uh, I'm just saying that to you because we're all, in a way, as fans, married to bone, and you have to love the good, the bad, and the indifferent, the whole thing as fans. And I love all of it; none of it bothers yeah. me. Yeah,
4: I, I love the whole, I love the whole motherfucking story. The whole story is important. Um, like John said, there's there's nothing that can be said that I'm gonna. One day on the interview, go. I said, I'm not a bone fan. I do these interviews because I'm i bi- uh, I'm a big bone fan, and and I'm a I'm a fucking nerd. I'm a bone nerd, and I want to know, you know, all these little things that people may not think that even matter, uh, are all the things that I want to know, and and that's why we do it. Um, and like you know, some some bad is gonna come with that. You you just can't have the good without the bad. So. It's going to happen, um, but, hey, it, every time we find out, you know, you find out some bad, but you find out some fucking really good shit that we didn't know too, bro. We find out some really good, good shit uh, that, that we didn't know in every interview. And
6: and, and the bottom line is the, the, the miraculousness of it that Bone got famous and came back and got their friends. Regardless of how it turned out, they actually did what everybody dreams of doing. What you and your friends when you were kids, you always said to your friends like, "Hey man, if you ever make it, don't forget about us." And they yeah. they did, you know? They didn't. They actually got to exactly. do what we all talked to our friends about doing, and they did it. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest thing.
4: You're fucking right. You're fucking right. They 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 definitely did, man. That that is exactly it. Uh they they lived the dream and put all their friends on um. Hey, b- before we want before we wrap up, I want to do what we always do: shout out the shout out the people making it happen. Of course, Phoenix Rising doing our theme Thugs and Harmony dot com. My boy Shane at Book of Thugs dot com. Bone Thugs NL, who is running his own giveaway on behalf of Beyond the dot com. I, I I love this dude. He fucking makes a rene- renegade giveaway. He's giving away a poster. Uh, as soon as our our Facebook, our Instagram, and our YouTube. So once all three platforms hit a thousand, once the last one hits a thousand, he's giving away this this beautiful poster that he has of Bone Thugs, and, and he came up with that on his own uh, just to help the channel. So shout out to Bone Thugs and right
5: now. shout That's out to Boil
4: Bone Pins. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, bro. He he's a great dude. Uh, and this channel is great, too. So if you subscribe to us, make sure you jump over. Everybody I just listed, actually, is on the front of our YouTube YouTube page under the BTH Affiliates. Make sure you subscribe to them all. Uh, BTH Board on Facebook. Our group on Facebook. You know, you guys rock. Thank you for all the fucking questions. And, you know, just helping us put together the Archie interview. I, I love the big question that we had uh, about if he'd ever made it to bike week. So, you know, I, I didn't even think to think of that question and that's why we need the fans because that was a great question.
6: Yeah. And, and again, about the bone thugs, n l which with, you know, we're a fan show of bone thugs, but I've been like a subscriber to bone thugs and L for years. So
5: yeah.
6: <laughs> for that to happen, that's it's unreal. That's really, really cool. Super cool. And, yep. uh, there's so many notes that came out of this that I have to type this up before we even cover any of it. Um, but that Bell Biv DeVoe part was really cool. You oh know, yeah. Uh we heard. Can
4: you imagine if Bone would have gone out and started getting signed by Easy E, Bone would have got signed by Bell Biv DeVoe. Yeah. <laughs> and
6: uh and and I, I, wonder, I wonder if Dre Bone <laughs> is is in any way related to Bone. But uh Oh yeah, when he was saying the the Big Daddy coalition. Yeah, yeah. And I heard I really like that name Flowitree, and I remember hearing it back in the day. Like the name Flowitree, what a cool name!
4: Like Flow, people don't talk about f- They need the break, the Flowitree.
6: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think this week I'm definitely going to re-listen to Mother's Reminisce, uh, uh based on Archie's um, recommendation. I do remember the song, but now that it's funny, you know, you you could hear it a million times, and then once you hear the the person that actually had a part in it. Uh, influence you to listen to it again. It's going to mean a whole lot more now. So, uh, and and how about that Christopher Robinson doing Baller's Floss and and doing all those cool movies that we knew about? Yeah, so, there's
3: a lot amazing. going
4: on. Another amazing interview by Beyond the Harmony. Uh, I I just I just put up a post that we just finished up our interview. I see Mo Hart showing some love. So shout out to Mo Hart. Hopefully we have Mo Hart on here soon. Uh, shout out to everybody that we've had. I I think that's it, man. I'm fucking I'm good. I I got a lot out of this tonight. I I don't even think I need the big the big wrap up. I think I'm good.
6: Yeah, same here, same here. And 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 I just want to say like it it this one had a different vibe. Like I just enjoyed it. I was silent for most of the show because I was caught up in the storyline, and I was just I was just grooving. It was just enjoyable to hear, and it just felt like a really good chapter. So. I had a good time. And thanks to Archie Blaine for making it happen.
4: Shout out to Archie Blaine. Too true. I am your host, Cecil West, with, of course, John Whippy. This was another episode of Thug Thursday Beyond the Harmony. Phoenix Rising, bring us home.
1: Beyond the Harmony for the fans we celebrate.